You're listening to episode 205 of the Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. Well, I'm back. I went on a long journey to Beverly Hills and I got us a new deal. $70 million for Marco's reverse book club on Onslaught. Wow. So, what? I did it. Whoa. Silicon 70 Valley. million? That's right. What? That's crazy. Wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold, hold. Okay. What's the what's the monopoly money uh, currency exchange right now? Uh, into pounds, though. Into pounds. What is it? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that. Into pounds. That's like seven. Okay. Seven? I don't know what, the, what is seven pounds to We just get money? seven pounds now? Is that what I'm it's, hearing? It's seven. I don't know. What am I? What am I, a 4X gambler? It's seven. I don't You're the bank on the show. We've been saying that for years. Cool. Who's been saying that? <laughs> I, I thought Marco me. was the banker. Marco yeah. was the banker. <laughs> That's, the that part's true, though. So, Marco, <laughs> as the banker, I got you your 70 million big ones, baby. So you better give us a damn good reverse book club on that oh my god i gotta i gotta just point this out so marco is in a different location and he has a mirror behind him up until right now i thought that was a room and i just saw him put his arms up and i saw a second (laughs) arm behind him and i was like what the fuck that's crazy holy shit oh my god physics honey he's been doing that dark magic wow good lord get an onslaught on him so as teased, today we do have all five comics pals here, which is not that cool. Um, <laughs> we also have the reverse book club coming up, which is even less cool. Yeah, true. <laughs> nah, that was pretty cool. And you know what? Speaking of seven, seven pages of notes, baby. Listen to that paper. Ooh. <laughs> a tree died for this <laughs> see exactly like was it really worth it no you think how many uh, trees onslaught killed was it ever really worth it dude that he he in that regard he actually is a mass murderer because there are so many <laughs> damn issues <laughs> onslaught event that you're right onslaught directly led to a lot of death <laughs> 35 books marco said <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, funny enough, they're actually printing this upcoming week Avengers Onslaught. So the the trade of, of the Avengers portion of that event really? is coming out this week. So, so Onslaught. You got one more, motherfucker. <laughs> killing trees for 30 years. It never yeah, ends. Yeah, it's funny. I, I, it was an environmentalist that actually said once, I read this in a, in a fancy book report, that uh, the printing of Onslaught has killed more trees than the California wildfires the last two years. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, 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 That's man. too topical. I'm not comfortable with that joke. <laughs> it would have been better if it was Australia. You're right. <laughs> I didn't say it was a bushfire. Respect all life, okay? Um, you heard it first. Sean says all lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> he said all life matters? I just want to make that very clear. I didn't even all say lives all matter. life matters. I said respect all life. That's okay, it. so if you're going to quote me, guys, all right? Now, all lives matter. The black guy said it. It must be true. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, gonna, listen, yeah. He's auditioning for a job on Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want... Never mind. All right. 
there's a Herman Cain joke in there somewhere, but <laughs> no, there's not. <laughs> there is not. Uh, no, there's a Tommy Loren joke in there somewhere. That's exactly what it was going to be. Now let's move on. Um, I am actually. I don't know if you guys can see this. I am wearing a Cyclops Tommy Loren oh, shirt. shirt. Whoa, that's no, a dope no. shirt. How do you, how do they get the blonde in her on the t-shirt uh, like that? <laughs> I'm wearing a Cyclops t-shirt. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that. I am wearing it because today I expect to be attacked. Blinded. Oh. And I expect to be uh, on my own against the four of you as we have some of these discussions, including a discussion about the Snyder Cut. Yes, we are talking yet again about the Snyder Cut. And the only cool thing we're going to do on the show today, we're going to be reviewing X of Swords on Creation. Slide. Oh. No, you <laughs> are going to be reviewing Onslaught. Uh, this is a cool uh, shirt, though. Thank you. Appreciate. I it. wish I had a shirt. There was a design of shirts um, post AVX that had the the Cyclops, and it said Cyclops was right. I want. I was that. wanted that yeah. shirt. Yeah. 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 Get you a girlfriend who buys you shirts like this, guys. I gotta um, get a girlfriend who fucking buys me anything. Well, you have a wife, so I'm pretty sure Jess has bought you quite a bit, Kale. <laughs> Well, he could get a girlfriend too. Technically, yeah. I mean, you could do whatever you he please. He knows what he said. Frankly, <laughs> better you better say whatever you're gonna say next, Kale. You better say that low. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, I'd rather get her good to get a girlfriend so I can be left alone. Oh, okay. Well, I appreciate the trepidation with which you said that. Um, I I do want to let you guys know before we push forward on what promises to be a doozy of an episode a mediocre where, one probably well you know where you can find us all over the internet we're the comics pals everywhere you look if you want us on social media the comics pals if you want to talk to us you can write to us at the comics pals at gmail.com if you're watching this on youtube that means you just saw my very cool t-shirt and um kale's nice haircut oh thank yeah. you yeah i i um that that was my face turn, Kale. <laughs> All right. All right. An uneasy alliance, but I'll, I'll <laughs> I, I expect to be I expect it to be broken by about the third news item. Give me uh, uh five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh if you are on YouTube, please do make sure that you guys hit that subscribe button, leave us a like, drop us a comment, and share this video with your friends. It helps us out a lot and it costs you nothing. We appreciate it. Also, make sure that you guys are leaving us a review or a rating wherever it is that you listen to us. Those help us out so, so much, and we are so appreciative. If you do that, we will absolutely read whatever it is that you left on the air. So go ahead and do that for us. If you haven't already, if you're a regular listener and you've not done that, it means a lot. Uh, last but not least, definitely do go check out our Discord server. Come hang out with us on Discord. This week, our Discord was blowing the F up. Yeah. We had over 100 comments on the topic of Jerry Conway saying to delete superhero comics. We may or may not be able to talk about that more on the show later. Did you guys see that this morning Harris shared it again? Yeah. I know. <laughs> he was like, oh, pretty interesting. I was like, dog, you missed the whole thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, don't you open that box again, Harris. That's <laughs> why so I didn't even say anything. I was like, I, I can't. I can't open it again. Yeah, and, and we're always having conversations like that over there. So you guys should absolutely join our Discord. 
because in addition to that, we also field a lot of questions from over there, which leads us to the random question of the week. Jeez, I heard that all the way from Boston. What the fuck? <laughs> Wait, are you in Boston? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> was in Boston? Yeah. What? He told, he told Kale and I that. <laughs> oh, you guys are on the call yet. Yeah. Hello. What? Hey, welcome to Boston. Live from Boston. Live. Anyway, this one comes from our pal Tyler Olson, who said, Random question time with HBO and DC announcing a new Peacemaker HBO series with Cena and James Gunn. What other weird DC properties would you like to see adapted for HBO Max? Personally, I'd want The Secret Six or Dead Man. Oh, Dead Man. Man, Dead Man such is such a good choice. Such a good choice. That, and I was thinking Etrigan. Uh, Ooh, I, I oh, that would be sick. Awesome. Yeah. That would be cool. So, uh, just to add some context, uh, I mean, he pretty much laid out the new story. It's, it's, a, it's a series that we're getting starring John Cena. James Gunn is attached. Um, uh, you know, Peter Safran is attached. Uh, it's it's going to be basically covering kind of the the origin um, of of Peacemaker, from what I know. Uh, James Gunn is going to write all of the episodes, all eight of them. What? Um, and he's going to cool. direct a few of them as well. Uh, Peter Safran is going to be executive producing the series. Cena will also executive produce. Peter Safran is um, a Hollywood producer. He produced Suicide Squad, um, the, the the new one that's coming. And cool, great. Um, <laughs> you sound so excited. I I'm I'm honestly not like it's it's kind of interesting. Peacemaker is more of a compelling character than I knew uh, because basically, He's a comedian. what is the comedian? In what way do you mean this? When uh, Al Moore was writing Watchmen, it was all Charleston comic book character composites. Right. You know, obviously, Dr. Manhattan was Captain Adam, and uh, Comedian was Peacemaker. Oh, oh. okay. Interesting. Um, but I Peacemaker... Was, I, was, I was waiting for the joke. There's no joke. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> the Phil Funky Fact of the Week. Oh! <laughs> Play that. Pumpkin <laughs> Um, so Peacemaker actually is obsessed with peace to the point of like weirdness and he has this helmet that inside of it lives this or he can hear the souls of all of the the lives that he failed to save if he could have saved them and didn't then he hears them screaming in his mind so what? that can be played Fuck. for tragedy that could also be played for comedy and i Damn, think that's I might watch the show right yeah permanent penance stare by ghostwriter basically <laughs> sort of yeah sort of um i think they're probably going to go more the comedy angle with it that's my bet but uh we'll see I could see it being both, honestly. You yeah, know, like it maybe dramedy, maybe more predominantly comedy, but you can use that as kind of like a driving way to make us like emotionally connect with the character. You know? Yeah, uh, I, it's an interesting way to set up like a detective story too, where it's like you gotta find my killer. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, Definitely. you let me die, now find my killer. In that same vein of Charlton characters, I have uh, 
for a long time really wanted a, a question series. Yeah, that makes sense. Very cool. Um, I yeah. So he said obscure, and my um or not? He said weird. My my first thought was uh, Detective Chimp. Oh, <laughs> like, that's awesome. Oh. I feel like that would be a really like. I feel like you could easily have a fun time with that show and like have it be a somewhat serious, you know, detective drama. But oh, oh, I got the show, Pete. It's him and Boston Brand. Boston Brand is his Watson, and he's just constantly possessing people throughout the show. That's <laughs> Damn. the show. That's the show. That's the show. <laughs> I think that would fit in right, right alongside uh, Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. I, I, yeah. I don't know that he won't even be in the new uh, Justice League Dark that was like announced. That they're actually trying to. Uh, I, I don't know if they're starting to like produce or like they're definitely confirmed that it's making. But uh, if a JLD comes out, he's probably going to be in that. Well, so what they announced was that um, there will be shows including characters from the Justice League Dark. So okay. Zatanna is getting a show, and uh, I think it was Constantine was the other one that's yeah, getting a show. Yeah, that makes sense. Swamp Thief season two. Come on. <laughs> Did um, someone hear something? No. <laughs> In the wind. Bless you. I think somebody sneezed. <laughs> oh boy. Um, any other answers to this? Oh, uh, wanna beast. <laughs> random. <laughs> hey, that was the question, right? Uh, we have a random question, and he said obscure, so I'm going Bo Wannabeast, who uh, has the ability to take two animals and put them together into a chimera. Chimera, bro. Chimera. It's wrong. <laughs> Chimera. <laughs> Shimmery. Uh, if I'm giving a real answer, what I would honestly want to see is a blue and gold show. Um, oh, that'd be a yeah, lot of fun. That'd be cool. Yeah. Blue Beetle, Booster Gold. Yes, sir. Or, I mean, you know, my favorite superhero in middle school would be Mr. Captain Adam. That would be a dope television show. I don't think... I'm not very good at this when it comes to DC. Um, So I I don't feel like I have a great answer to this question. Um, I think just, like, as far as characters that I would be interested in watching a show about, Constantine is definitely up there. I think a lot of really good stuff can be done with him. Um, and if they're going to get crazy, like, can we get some type of Batmite show? Like, yes! Oh, that would be cool. Like 20-minute shorts of him just being, you know, weird. You can do all kinds of different Batman worlds with him. Yeah. Also, Sean, just I thought like, you were going to say Asriel. Like, that, that'd be an interesting fit. Uh, I mean, I, he could he he could be the centerpiece of a Batman movie. Like that character has so mm-hmm. much. Depth There's a lot of legs there. Yeah. To the point you made about Batmite, like I feel like that would fit in really well with. Um, I don't want to say like the trend, but like they already have Harley Quinn, which is like a, a premium animated show. That's like one of For the sure. the driving mm-hmm. factors of that that um, that streaming service now. So it's like. I would love to see them do more like adult animation stuff. And it doesn't have to be like raunchy, but like stuff that's like a little bit more, you know, like young adult to adult oriented rather than stuff for like YA. Sure. Well, and, and even, even in the YA category, Mr. Uh, Mixel Spitlick uh, was on Supergirl twice. Really? Oh, really? Was it Gilbert yeah. Gottfried? No, oh, was, God, uh, what a missed opportunity if it wasn't. That's so crazy. You're not he, wrong. He played him in the Superman cartoon. Yeah. Wait, really? It was, 
Yeah, he was great. It was, it was amazing. One of the one of the handsome guys from Glee, and then it was Thomas Lennon. Oh hell yeah, Thomas Lennon would be good at that. Yeah. Uh, another uh, so, Sean, you had me thinking there. Uh, a pretty cool Batman trilogy for movies would be Batman Nightfall, where like the first one Bane breaks his back, second one you have a new Batman as Azrael Batman, and yeah. the third one yep. could be a confrontation between the Azrael Batman and the. That would be a really cool trilogy. Can you imagine, like, two, you know, like, because regular audiences, like, don't really know that, probably? Like, they're not, I, I feel like the Bane. I think that's fair to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's known, yeah. but it's not that known. And, People like, know what Bane did to Batman. Yeah. They don't know the aftermath. That's right. Yeah, right. And, like, when we saw it in the Nolan trilogy, like, it wasn't, you know, it, it was so truncated. So, like, the idea of, like, that movie ends with Batman's back getting broken and like that's the fucking like empire strikes back credits roll style and then the next movie just picks up you're back in gotham and it's asriel like and that's it how fucking crazy would that be that'd be a yeah. good way to the wb's cowards though so we'll never see it create suspension too it's like oh wow why does batman look different wow why is batman more violent what is going on you find out pulls the mask off on it's top of a building it's like name. what the fuck oh my Angel. god that would be amazing I wouldn't. I don't know if I would say that that's that far out of the realm of possibility, because you can still have Bruce be in the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Asriel presents as Batman. I mean, not exactly one to one, but like he has a, an interesting look and and he looks pretty cool. So I think you could make that work. I don't yeah. know that Robert Pattinson's uh, the trajectory of those movies makes sense for that story no. but no, whatever no. the next trilogy or whatever it is i could see that happening that could work as an animated thing too you know like yeah. it would be cool if it was live action but i feel like you could totally make that work as well as an animated thing if it's you know high quality well executed yeah so something i've thought about a lot is how it'd be really cool if we had another batman animated series type show it doesn't have to be the same thing because we've already had it but there's been so many great batman stories since like 1994 1995 they were even uncomfortable using bane in that show because they're like he's too recent but right you could do more with that you can do more with nightfall in general you can do stuff that jeff Loeb did with hush you can have uh you know court of owl stuff everything grant did you know professor Mm -hmm. pig uh three batman from hell all that stuff yeah um, I would Jeff, love to uh, see that. That's uh, what Batman: The Adventures Continues, the comic is. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I picked the first issue of that. Uh, I haven't got, I haven't got a chance to read it, but I did pick it up. It was free on uh, Comicsology. Oh, is it still? Uh, was that on Batman might, Day? Um, it might have been on Batman Day. Fuck. You can check though. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll take a look. I really wanted to read that. So let's let's uh, let's jump into the palace pools. Thank you, Tyler, for the question. Isn't there one more question. We're going to do for that later, brother. Later. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, sorry. No, we sent no the memo. Jesus. No worries. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Tyler. And again, if you guys want to submit questions to the show, you can do so by hitting us up at thecomicspals at gmail.com or joining our Discord server, hanging out with the boys, and uh, submitting your question. Saturdays are for the pals. <laughs> that's that's Mondays. better. Not the boys, the pals. Mondays. More inclusive. The Amazon show. I've watched the boys. I don't want to be compared to them at all. <laughs> well, no, but that's the seven. 
The that's seven true. are bad. <laughs> the boys are good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, all right. Uh, Fair enough. We have to unite the seven. We'll find out more about that later. <laughs> Listen, you can compare me to Carl Urban any day. No one's doing that. No one's doing it. Yeah. That's not. <laughs> You're saying you could. If, if people wanted to. I would welcome it, though, is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so kicking off the pals pulls, we've got uh, Kale with X Factor number four. Am I the only one that picked this? Yep. Talk about it. <laughs> this is chapter two of the, the X-Men uh, Swords Guys books. Okay. Well, then I'm going to read it, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I. That's the only reason I picked it. I thought for sure I wouldn't have to talk about it because I figured everybody else would. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I. Uh, real pumped about these swords. God, these swords. I hope I get one. No one's mm. giving you a sword. <laughs> no one trusts you with a sword. <laughs> Somebody could give me a sword. Even even if a sword came. So what's the next poll? <laughs> <laughs> Much appreciated, Phil. Uh, from Marco, we've got Olympia trade paperback. So the uh, Olympia, I've shouted out before on the show, and it was a, a really big surprise for me. I really fell in love with the series. It's uh, a love letter to superhero comics, specifically like Kirby stuff. Um, you know, they have a lot of sort of uh, galactic ideas. They they break the fourth wall a lot. Um, it's written by Kurt Pyers and his father, Tony Pyers, and drawn by Alex Diado and D. Cuniff. And uh, really great stuff. Phil, in particular, I would recommend this to you because it's... I like space stuff. You like space stuff. You like Kirby. It's The art is in that style. The storylines are in that style. It, it talks about you know what comic books are as a medium within the series itself. Really good stuff. I, I can't recommend it enough. You know, I like that comic book stuff. Awesome. That's that sounds pretty pretty darn cool. Might be a book club, maybe. Let's Ooh. do it. Little tease. Um, we're talking about onslaught. <laughs> hey, <laughs> we're gonna be talking about onslaught in a moment. Actually, Mark will be talking about oh. it. Uh, I chose Batman Three Jokers number two. I was enthralled by the first issue. I thought it was tremendous. I thought it was two top-tier creators uh, at the height of their power, Jeff Johns and Jason Fabok. I thought they knocked it out of the park. And um, it, it, I don't actually care about the plot. I care about the characters interacting with each other based on the plot. Mm-hmm. And the interactions were so good and so crisp that there's absolutely zero reason for me not to choose this for my pull list. So I'm way hyped for I, three dollars too. I dug the first issue of that quite a bit too. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how that, that turns out. Yeah. Um, and then I also chose Department of Truth, number one. Now, this is actually uh, a book from James Tinian, mm, who cool. has, I mean, I feel like every week there's a new book announcement from him, mm-hmm. not from Marvel or DC. He's on the come and- up right now, it feels like. Well, all of his books, it's like this dude can do no wrong because all of them sell a tremendous amount of copies. Hotcakes. They get re- tons of reprints, and there's always talks of you know movie adaptations or, or you know what have you with his books. So um, this looks like it's going to be another one of those hits. Uh, and the premise of it is actually pretty interesting. It's what if every conspiracy theory was real? 
and there was an agency. (laughs) Well, uh, from a certain point of view, they are. We'll say that. Mm. That's why Uh, his book wasn't that hard to write. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh, And there's an agency dedicated to, you know, dealing with that. Uh, The art is by Martin Simmons, who I'm not I'm not familiar with. I, I don't know of anything that person has done. Um, the cover's interesting. It's uh, JFK with his eyes X'd out, and then like on the bottom end of it, turning my head because there's like another face on the other <laughs> side, but I can't tell whose face that's supposed to be. Um, but it seems interesting. I will buy what James Tinian writes at this point. There's no reason not to. And so I'm in. Uh, and finally, we've got from Kale, Phil, and Pete, Shang-Chi number one. Hell yeah. Uh, so this one was – I don't have any relationship to Shang-Chi as a character, but as soon as we watched that trailer a couple weeks back and we saw that Gene Lin Yang was writing it, I'm in. I love Gene's work. Um, uh, new Super Hyphen Man where he did the Superman of China. That was like one of my favorite books of the last couple years. And then we read uh, Superman Smashes the Clan for our Superman spotlight, like, earlier this year. That was fucking great. So, I mean, he, like, I haven't checked out a huge breadth of his work, but everything I've read by him, like, I was surprised by how good it was, you know? Like, I went in expecting to, like, Smashes the Clan because I had, like, new um, Super Hyphen Man. But it, like, really exceeded my expectations, even going in with pretty high ones. So... Um, getting to see him like hop on a new monthly of a character that is probably going to have a lot more prominence in the next couple of years is really cool. You know, I'd love to get introduced to the character a little bit, and I am happy to see um, see him having more success because I really think he's like a younger creator who I think has a lot to offer. And who's Shang Chi? Yes. <laughs> Right. Young Shang Chi, Young Shang. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> my my hope for this series is that it uh, it modernizes Shang Chi a little bit and yeah. and sort of makes a little more solid ground for for his origin and you know for modern readers and stuff. So I think this would be really good. I think Gene's the guy to do it. Hmm. His costume looks cool. I'm in. Yeah, the, oh, the costume is is badass. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Yeah, the art in general looks good. I'm not really familiar with either of the the names that they were pushing with it. Um, I literally just had them in front of me and closed it. Um, it is well played. I'm sorry. <laughs> well played. Oh, he uh, comes <laughs> to this show prepared. Philip Tan and Dyke Ron. And I'm oh, not... Philip Tan's been around for yeah, Philip Tan. forever. I don't. If you ask Pete, these are some up and comers. Can we shout out anything he's I said done? I didn't know them, Phil. <laughs> the uh, Uncanny X Men. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and um, stuff. he's worked on Spawn too. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Yeah, he draws magic cards too. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, I guess that. Oh, I'm sorry. Kale had one more ink blot number one. Ah, uh, I didn't think you were gonna let me do it, so I fucking closed the window. Oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> just, we're on fucking fire over. this morning, boys. Good grief. <laughs> Uh, Inkblot is a new series uh, by Emma Kubert, who, if I'm not mistaken, sounds familiar. Is, is she related to Andy? Yeah. Mm. Uh, so the 
uh, Andy and Joe. Joe, uh, the The description here is third generation comic artist Emma Kubert. Mm. Huh. That's fucking oh. wild. Anyway, it's a, a story, uh, a new ongoing that follows a sorceress uh, attempting to correct her greatest mistake, the creation of a magical cat that can travel through time, space, and reality. Look at this, guys. The cat threatens to unravel the fabric of the universe and doesn't care. Doesn't even care. It just won't listen. Can you believe that? Sounds, Sounds like, like cat. all cats. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> wild. Absolutely wild. Anyway, that's ink block, ink block number one. Cool. So now it is time for the moment that uh, we've all not been waiting for. I've been it waiting is for time, it. <laughs> it is time for Marco's presentation of the reverse book club. So what does that mean? I'm going to explain it. Now, normally a book club includes the five or any combination of the five of us talking about a book that we've read, that we enjoyed to varying degrees, and breaking it down. Marco, the reverse of that would be one person talking about a book that they absolutely hate (laughs) and presenting it to the rest of us and you, the listeners. And so that is what a reverse book club is, and that is what Marco is here to do today with Onslaught. The reason he has to do this is because way back during the quarantine, we have nothing better to do than stream on Friday nights era. Marco challenged me to a best of, what was it, a best of seven series (laughs) of Smash Brothers on Switch, and he was unsuccessful. And because of that, he was forced to purchase physical copies of every issue related to the Onslaught event from the 90s that is known to be absolutely atrocious and was chosen by our Discord <laughs> listeners. What's wild is he framed all the issues. I don't... He didn't have to do that. <laughs> and, and, and you know what it is? It's a shame because I would have shown you guys, but obviously I'm not home, so... Uh-huh. But they're, they're, they're up on the wall. They're, mm-hmm. You guys have been there, right, right over the table. So as I eat... No, I get to look up as like, ah, oh, that issue. That's a great cover. So, Marco, like a, would you say that you officially like superhero comics now then? Uh, I'm going to say that I officially like 90s superhero comics. And oh. and the wild thing oh. is, is, is Sean, you said that the Reverse Book Club is talking about a book one hates. But, like, is it if one in- thoroughly enjoys it? Ugh. It's like a bizarro only, book club. Only if one is lying. Yeah. I, and that's the thing, right? Is like, at first, I was going to come into it, you know, as positive as I could. And then I started to enjoy it. Ugh. Stockholm syndrome. You know? So yeah. <laughs> in, in 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 academics, when someone's getting a doctorate, they have to present their thesis to a board. And mm-hmm. I feel like for Marco to become the doctor of comics on this podcast, he has to get a passing grade from the four of us during this presentation. We have to and peer review this. Happening. What yeah. What did you say, what? Sean? That will not be happening. <laughs> oh, that's a bias. Nope, that's a bias. Off the board. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have every right to say that. All right. Last point before we get this going. <laughs> and I need I need you guys listening to the show to hear me very well. Marco has previously admitted that he is lying about how he feels about Onslaught. No, I now, have it. Yes, you have. Now take every single thing he says with that knowledge in mind. And with what? that... I turn it over to you, Marco, for the Reverse Book Club. Wait, wait. I turn it back over to you to explain yourself. Do I need need to screenshot? 
<laughs> I have the receipts, oh, oh, oh. Now, do, now do the show. All right, now do all the right. book club. So this the the first book. Uh, it's broken out into four books. So you have the onslaught epic one through four, and I had to get every single issue of it. Um, it starts off. <laughs> it starts off with X Men fifty three, and here uh, the the onslaught character had been sort of teased out previously through um after the age of apocalypse event as like the next big bad villain uh they x team had previously fought post who was a herald of uh onslaught so he was somebody who had sent out to like give the warning to one to ensure that everybody knew of this upcoming power and and this evil that was going to approach and try to take over the world host Um, yeah post oh and um so then it starts off with Jean. She's shopping in Salem and she gets a, a As she does. <laughs> as she as one does, as 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 Jean does, and she gets a vision and is visited from Onslaught on, in the astral plane. Up until this point, he had only been sort of teased in like shadows. So this is the first time that we get to see his like full body. And he essentially tries to convince her to join his side the, the the reasons are sort of vague and unknown it gets like explained later on but he's trying to amass all of the super powered um psychics of the mutant world in order to augment his own power and you know he he's he tries to explain to her that you know why would you support humankind there they are hypocrites they say that they support mutants but at the same time they're holding an election in which the leading candidate is trying to uh, put forth the mass use of sentinels. There is there's discussions about um, what the the goal of coexistence with humans being futile and how it doesn't make sense. She sort of fights back against this. She makes her points, and ultimately he he leaves he leaves her somewhat frustrated, but uh, he leaves her with the mark of onslaught like on her face what's that like, look like burned uh it burned into her into her mind um it's just like this blue thing that spells out on slot on her forehead oh what oh a great symbol God. that's yeah. so great what a symbol <laughs> and uh while all, while all this is happening so you have Ar- Ar- archangel and psylocke there in colorado after um a fight with Sabretooth, who almost kills psylocke so they're healing up um when juggernaut appears from a a like shadow realm and sure yeah and he, <laughs> he's trying he's trying to find uh the 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 expansion and was hoping that Psylocke would be able to unlock a a mental block that he has that was placed on him that essentially he's able to tell the identity of 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 onslaught this is all in the first issue and um Jesus. <laughs> and then he he uh she can't because she's obviously healing she her powers aren't, aren't up to 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 task to be able to remove the the mental block so he obviously. leaves he's like he's like all right i'm going to westchester from colorado i'm gonna go walking so he he walk he, he decides to walk over to westchester from colorado onslaught no 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 uh juggernaut oh okay and then psylocke's psylocke's psychic powers were offline because she got in a fight with saber tooth well because she almost the died very physical <laughs> right right so she got like cuts across and she's just like recuperating she's she's just oh, like damn i know i can't think when i get a paper cut well you can't think <laughs> when you're unconscious 
You don't know that. Oh, well, you didn't say that, so that's a negative point for you, Marco. Yeah. She's injured. Mm. You didn't say unconscious. All that's right. right. Well, so also in this issue, this in South Carolina, Eric Magnus Lesher wakes up and he's, he's, uh has lost his memory. Presumably... He's Magneto. Obviously, he's Magneto because what happened in the, the, the previous me. arc. Well, but what happened in the Obviously. previous arc was um, that in a in a fight, Professor X and Magneto they had like a, a mental battle. He they managed to take off his helmet and he wiped out his uh, Magneto's memory. And for whatever reason, he got left off in South Carolina. Um, yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> And so he's just walking. So he's he's walking around and trying to like make a life for himself, and now goes by Joseph. Same again. <laughs> and that's the first issue. That's like the setup to everything. Fuck. What did you All learn? Right. Did you enjoy? So do we it? have to do we have to do this over the next thirty issues or what? Or yeah, episodes? Because issues. I can't. You gotta fucking pick up the pace, brother. Well, I'm, I'm trying to set the stage. I'm trying to set the stage where all the pieces are right now. Right. Um, I. I. All the pieces are in South Carolina. All the pieces are all over the place, and then they all converge in Westchester. So I thought that the 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 setup obviously just kind of like throws you into things. But um, what I appreciated about at least the writing was that it just like picks up pretty quick. And because I didn't have any like previous knowledge of Age of Apocalypse stuff, I didn't really know the. I understood the ramifications of everything that had happened, but because I didn't view them, maybe I lost a little bit of context. But I mean, otherwise, it was easy to jump in and like follow through. Uh, the next few issues show uh, Juggernaut making it back to the X Mansion. You know, he's trying to 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 break in. Essentially, everyone sort of thinks that it's an attack on Professor X, and for whatever reason, Professor X is under like an extra amount of stress because Wolverine has become feral. So he's oh. like, he, he got uh, Magneto pulled all of the the adamantium out of him. Yep. And uh, oh, I thought it was it, because Gene won't give him any play. I mean, that too. Mm-hmm. He's, he's basically cucked. I need to pull all the Molson out of him. <laughs> Chad is this Cyclops he, uh, over here. Is this when he doesn't have a nose? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, and he's like all like extra furry, and uh, his he has the bone claws again. Ooh, that's the worst. <laughs> it's not a great design. It's not, I remember it's we not were, a great design. We were looking at um, that uh, when we did the Battle Chasers uh, episode because we were looking at the art from I forget the artist's name, but Joe uh, Mad. And actually, Joe Mad, he's, yeah. he's he's in he's in a few of these uh, Uncanny X Men issues, and and they look really really good. Um, All right, Marco, broader strokes for us, please. No, no I'm going to the broader strokes. I'm going to the broader strokes. So. Uh, so issue all, two, panel one. No, no, yeah, yeah. So within, <laughs> within, because of all this stress, right? He's, uh, plus he feels regret over wiping Magneto's mind. So with all this stuff building up in him, uh, he's been giving off these like psychic episodes, and um, what ends up happening is Onslaught appears, and he appears as a manifestation of uh, his uh, Professor X's psychic like tension. Plus it. It's revealed later on that in a, in a Wolverine issue, uh, 104, that he, uh, Magneto has this like evil within him that during their psychic, their psionic battle, a piece of it enters into Professor X, which manifests as Magneto's evil. And that takes over 
on top of the the pressures of uh, and the stresses that Professor X is, is experiencing and manifests itself into a physical being from the like that that psionic energy that's been slowly feeding off of Professor X and it manifests into the creature known as Onslaught. That's what, the church, that's what the church always told me would happen if I ever had sex. <laughs> <laughs> so is that why you're evil now? <laughs> the, um, <Yeah. laughs> but he's also, uh, in, in the background, um, he's planning on attacking all of the major psychic mutants. So he's trying to acquire Nate Gray, who is a younger version of Cable, and he's also trying to get Franklin Richards, who's another like super uber powerful mutant, not necessarily psychic, but he like has um, reality bending abilities. And uh, the X Men fight Onslaught; they lose. Onslaught escapes in order to build a citadel where he can sort of centralize all of his energy and rest. Um, and then from there, they essentially. All of the Avengers, all of the X Men, all of the all of the teams meet up in uh, either Moore Island or in New York City, and they start their onslaught on onslaught. Um, nice. <laughs> How long have you been on playing onslaught? That one? Sounds like his autobiography. <laughs> and, <laughs> I like Kill's question. <laughs> uh, you know, I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tracks. Um, but, uh, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it is just kind of like going through the beats of the fights, the, the storylines all kind of make sense. It oh just, yeah, they do kind of make sense. Well, I mean, just in terms of it, it like flowing a narrative, like I think, um, when we read, for example, uh, like heroes in crisis, right. There are moments where like, well, what the fuck's going on in this issue? How does it relate back to another issue? Like the, the sequence of events not only fits, but the narrative fits in between each of the individual issues that happen. It feels really cohesive. Wait. Marco just said that Onslaught is better than Heroes in Crisis. Bro, it's better than Empire. It's better than Empire. Empire what? Empire. The we were just reading. Oh, okay. It's not done (laughs) yet. I could could believe that. I didn't enjoy either of those events. I I cannot believe that. No, dude. That's the thing. It's, It's... the 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 way the way it's built out the way that it, it all like sort of is the, the information is disseminated i think the biggest factor against the, the 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 individual issues is that there's a lot of text um it, it kind of gets explaining in certain issues um but once you get past those moments and you get to the action bits and you know there's a couple of cheesy lines here and there um like one-liners and whatnot but i mean the the central storyline itself is i think compelling enough that by the end of it it all it, it all culminates into this big battle and it it all it all like uh makes sense i don't know if they're like as heavy emotional beats um for in some of the individual characters but i mean if it's just like uh an action adventure book i mean the 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 event does a good job of p- putting all the players in stressful situations of uh building up onslaught i think they do it a little excessively, but it, it builds him up to be a villain. He shows off, he flexes his muscle. You know, they find ways to. Um, there's actually an Iron Man issue where they get uh, a uh, an he, Iron Man issue too. Yeah, he built he <laughs> uh, he builds a uh, a psionic dampener. He builds a, so, an onslaught suit. <laughs> he builds, he builds a, it's a suit that <laughs> takes in onslaught's chaos energy. <laughs> no, psi, uh, psi shielding devices that he, that they provide to like dampen the effects of 
of onslaught and and the uh the like his his actual energy and um they go in they the avengers beat him or they 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 beat his physical body because at this point he's aggregated enough he's he's captured both nate gray and franklin richards and he's able to yes question in back yes uh phil with the comics palace press you said that the book does a good job of putting the characters in stressful situations uh to me it sounds like the book has put you in a stressful situation and your mind broke not like Uh, unlike professor xavier so unlike professor xavier uh his mind doesn't break he his mind gives off his mind is so massive that it gives off these energies right and so much like the big brain much like the big brain that i am right (laughs) yep okay yep (laughs) It uh, what, what, Professor what, X has dark, wet dreams that <laughs> lead oh into. God, what are we even talking about? <laughs> much, much like the big brain that I am, you guys are actually feeling the psionic, uh, yes, uh, after effects the, of, the of what's going wet on. dreams. <laughs> of course, um, book, and it, it, the book does a great job of putting its characters in stressful situations, such as Jean Grey going shopping at a mall. <laughs> well, later uh, in Salem, Sean, she could have been burned as a witch. And, That's fair. And Marco putting us in stressful situations, like loving, like having to listen to this reverse book club. Yeah. Tyler, jo- Tyler joked that this episode was going to be five hours, but we thought it was going to be because of the news. <laughs> well, no, no, that's it. And then I was getting to the end. They, that's it. The, no, I was, I, he goes, that's it. I was getting to the end. That's it. No. Here's 10 more minutes. No, they were they, so they they go they the Avengers everybody uh, in in their attack to uh, on uh, on onslaught what they what they managed to do is um, they managed to free Professor X because uh, they they like sneak attack with Nate but they end up sacrificing him for Professor X because um, he's like the more powerful sure. um, he's he's the more powerful uh, psychic and they. Uh, in the astral plane, him and Magneto, they go in to try to save both Nate and Franklin, and at the same time, the Avengers, the the rest of the X Men, and then a few of the Fantastic Four, uh, specifically, and I think all the Fantastic Four, they attack his physical body, the physical manifestation of Onslaught, um, until he's able to only have himself as a like psychic energy wave so that he, he he's able he gains enough power that he's only able to exist as a series of like psychic energy and once that happens he's own he's there able to take both nate and franklin away from him and uh, away from onslaught from the astral plane leaving him like pa- leaving him powerless but the the after effect is that it ends up killing everybody who was attacking uh him at that time so all the fantastic four all of the avengers as well as a few x-men because hmm. it it end, it ends up um having like a like a back uh, a backlash and that energy consumes them and and they die and this leads into the heroes the the heroes, heroes reborn. reborn yeah, yeah. Mm. Did we make you read that too uh no i saw some of the art that has like a lot of like life held shit that's fine. <laughs> so uh I, I i shudder to ask this question but I must. What were what were the themes of the uh, <laughs> of the event? What were I mean, the themes? Does Empire have a theme? Listen, I'm just asking you the question, and if there is no answer, then that's fair. I mean, I, there wasn't an answer. It's action. <sighs> the theme was action. Okay, cool. Um, now, <laughs> how was the art? 
The art was good. It, it, it depended the issue, depended what book. Um, I typically don't like, for example, Mark Bagley, but in in the Spider-Man wow. that he was in, um, I liked the way that he was inked. I think it might have been like something to do with uh, the paper stock, uh, mm. but he looked much better than, than he does when I read him digitally. So I, I enjoyed a lot of that. Joe Mad was great. A lot of his stuff. Um, uh, largely the the X books were really good. And there were some Hulk books with Peter David that nice. um, mm, sure. and, and that that stuff was uh, really, really like good. They, they had a good mix of um, colorists that um, they they did him kind of like in flats. So, you know, lighter colors. And I think it worked really well for the story that they were kind of telling. There were small inclusions of on, on the onslaught uh, of the onslaught event, um, but I think what they were able to integrate and Peter Davis is a great storyteller. Um, what, what came out really really well. Now I still want to know what did you learn about not to challenge Sean to smash for this. Don't come at the king. <laughs> no, I I learned that I think I have a I have a bias against '90s comics that I don't necessarily know why from an art perspective. And from a, I think from a storytelling perspective, there are some, there, there's, there's a lot of like clunkiness, but it's not anything that I wouldn't say isn't enjoyable. So it's, are, are you it's saying that bullshit that he actually learned something? <laughs> my, my follow up here is, does that mean that you feel comfortable uh, letting Sean backhand you again so that you can read another crappy book that you can somehow derive a message I'm, from. So, so here's what I'm gonna do: Charlie Stockholm Syndrome, Lee, and Joy. I'm gonna open the floor, okay, to mm. any challenger. All right, if you're oh. listening to this podcast, right, we can figure out a way to set this up. But I'm opening the floor. Oh boy! For you, listener, to get creamed. Yeah, a little, a little of that love smack from Marco. What if we just have fight night like every Friday and Marco just loses to the point where he's just got like, he's just going to go fucking bankrupt from all these books. So ultimately, Marco, did you learn your lesson? I think no, it's clear you, you didn't. Me, no. you, you, you made me read a not bad book. Like it's not. I like, made you it, spend $200. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> on but garbage, you it, but you say that like I wouldn't have bought two hundred dollars worth of comics, and it's not garbage. Okay, now that's fine that you said that, listeners. Remember what I told you. Marco said he would lie. I didn't lie. And I can screenshot. Bro, I, I will did show not them. lie, Marco. I will show them. Yo, Sean, send me the screenshot so I can put it in post. <laughs> I'll do it, bro. Put in the I fucking show notes. Didn't. Make it the thumbnail. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, we'll just put it out. We'll put it on Instagram. Like, <laughs> yeah, the episode title. Marco lied. I'm telling you, by the time that I when I sent that, I hadn't finished the event. Oh, I'll so you that. admit to sending that? I'll, I'll admit, <laughs> oh. No, I'll, I'll admit that something was sent. I don't remember what the, the details of it. Um, but I can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny. But if something was allegedly sent, it was before I had finished this event. Uh, and made a final determination. We're going to open up a Mueller investigation on this. <laughs> now, Mueller report. It wouldn't be a book club if we didn't end it with, uh, would you recommend it? And if you feel like you want to give it a rating, that's acceptable. Uh, yeah, I'd give it like, um, I don't know, like a seven. I'm, like, I want to die. <laughs> I want to die. No, like, like <laughs> it, it wasn't like, like, like I wouldn't give it what, what, what did I give Empire? Like, 
I mean, I mean, uh, Heroes in Crisis. Like that we, was we a terrible really, event. But I, I feel like, I, book club. but I feel like if we <laughs> if we had um, summed it up, that'd be like a five, and and this was marginally better than that. Um, would I recommend it? I mean, for to who too? To who? <laughs> well, but but here's the thing, right? It has a bias against it, so I don't know that people would overcome the bias to read it. Or the two hundred dollar entry barrier. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Well, is, second is, question. Second question. It is cheaper. Was it on, worth two hundred dollars? Was it worth two hundred dollars? Um, probably not, because I can get it cheaper digitally. But it's only because it was physical. You're gonna mm. keep these issues forever, though, right, Michael? No. Wow. <laughs> so you really didn't like it that much. I'm trying to clean up house. You know, I'm trying to get rid of all my physical stuff. Oh, so you're getting rid of all your swamp things then? Or? No, no, that's thing. The oh, you should keep those too. They're the same. No, they're not. Interesting. Wait, what do you mean they're not? They're not. I gave, I gave that a, a, a 10 plus rating. Oh, honestly. Now, uh, no, swamp thing. Thank you, Marco, for this presentation. As I told you guys. I forgot top. my slides, actually. So oh. you guys lucked out. Oh, thank God. Um, I remember that this was supposed to be a punishment. I didn't realize ultimately it was a punishment for me. I am the ultimate loser. <laughs> I, think, I think we're all losers. I think you we all get, lost. You forget no. it's like a kink thing for him. No, no, no. Yeah. See, we, we had a collective experience here, and I think we all thoroughly Ugh. enjoyed it. No, I, I honestly, I feel like Marco was like, he baited us into this. He's like, oh, no, punish me. That's right. <laughs> oh, punish me, senpai, Sean. You guys know that meme of, of, of the Hulk, like, that's my secret, Captain? Marco's like, that's my secret, Sean. I love terrible shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Well, uh, that has been the Reverse Book Club. Please don't challenge Marco because I don't want to have to ever do this again. I'm making this a YouTube series if he does another one of these. I'm not sitting through this on a Saturday morning. That's I don't have time for this. Open invitation. We'll challenge Kale next time because he hates everything. That'd be so that easy. Would probably be a lot more interesting. <laughs> Bro, I'm gonna, here's, what, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge everyone individually, and I'm going to practice until I get good enough at, to, to beat Sean to make you guys read Onslaught because I really think you'll enjoy it. Dude, if you <laughs> if, if you can you beat, beat me, then in 2021 that will be the first book club. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so I we all have to suffer through it. That's not fair. No, we gotta exactly. suffer through this. You know what? I think that is fair. <laughs> all, the the hard fucking work Marco would have to do to get to Sean if oh he can God. do it. You know what? I'll suffer. You know what? I mean, we're I fucking guess. It's just like I like this was supposed happen. to punish Marco, no, and I feel happen. like I've lost it every single turn. Every I mean, turn. I, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna put my my word on it now, Marco. If you practice enough that you can beat Sean in a seven game series, I will commit to a book club about onslaught, and I will read the whole thing like you. This there is like you twenty minutes of my life gone. Listen I will not. I will not buy it. We're, we're going to reflect on this uh, positively. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll figure out the the kinks a little later. Thank you very I'll much, say Marco. That with Marco. <laughs> oh, right. Open Can't invitation. Say any words this damn podcast. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. We thankfully have other things to talk about, and we're going to kick that off with the announcement of the delays. For the three Marvel movies that were supposed to be coming out this year, Black Widow, Eternals, and Shang-Chi have all been delayed 
deep into 2021. Uh, now, we of course know that Black Widow was already delayed. Uh, it was supposed to be coming out in November of this year, I believe. And May before that, right? Well, yeah. yeah. Originally May. Uh, and now we're looking. We were we were looking at December, mm-hmm. um, but it has been delayed to May seventh, twenty twenty one. Which go ahead. I can't believe Black Widow's the the Marvel film we're never gonna see. <laughs> can't you? <laughs> I thought it was gonna be New Mutants, but it, it feels strangely poetic that it's Black Widow's solo movie. That's the movie that's getting fucked by this. <laughs> it came like five years too late and then it's been delayed three times <laughs> um fair. F- phil you i think i feel like you were the one who like had the most marvel burnout how, how does this feel because i feel like you oh, were ready dude, wait, you know what jumping the gun bro Man, marco huh? that takes us into our second random question of the week i also volume going you just I, I would, I was hoping to make the rest of the announcements of the delays also. <laughs> Go ahead, so, Sean. I'll yell what? again in five minutes. Don't worry about let's, it. Let's, uh, let's, were you not listening? There are three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eternals is now delayed until November 5th, 2021. Originally scheduled to release in November of 2020. And it was pushed back to, I believe, February. Uh, and Shang-Chi is now releasing on July 9th, 2021. It was originally scheduled. I believe it was. It was always coming out in 2021. I believe it was February 2021 or March. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now it's actually coming out before Eternals, which is a weird shift. And I'm not quite sure why they did that. Um, I have a theory about it. Actually, I'm cool. I be- want to dive into that oh, momentarily. Okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so that's not all that Marvel actually has on the docket for 2021 because there is still the uh, Spider-Man 3 movie, Mm. which is on the schedule. So I don't see four movies dropping in 2021 from Marvel. That seems kind of wild. I see that movie getting delayed, but that's where we stand right now. Pete, jump in with your theory. Well, wait, I have a question before you do that. Did, okay. Did, did that have all these movies shot, or has production been like delayed on a lot of these? Black Widow's done. Yeah. Uh, Eternals, I believe, yeah, is done. Probably close, at least. It's probably yeah. in post-pro. Yeah. And then Shang-Chi, I would imagine, is not done. And Spider-Man 3, probably not either, right? I'm sure that hasn't shot a single yeah. piece of... I don't yeah. think they've even gotten a frame into that one yet. <laughs> yeah. Um... So my thing with Eternals, and I'm wondering if maybe it's not in post-production because of this theory that I have, is I wonder if the reason that that one got flipped is because it's an ensemble cast, and it's maybe harder to shoot it um, in a way that's socially distanced, because there's, what, like... So many people. There's, like, seven main characters, right? Where it's, like, with Shang-Chi, like, you gotta imagine it's Shang-Chi, and he probably has two or three friends, right? Like, as these movies are wont to do, um... And then maybe that's it, you know, like a villain. Like it's it's probably a a, a movie that's smaller in scope and requires less, you know, um, just people around on set. That makes sense. I I don't know. I don't. So we already know, for example, with like the Batman, that they continued to shoot. The Matrix went back to shooting. 
Uh, so many of these movies have gone back to shooting. And while they're taking precautions in terms of limiting the amount of people they can have on set from a crew perspective, um, the actors themselves, you know, they, they're doing what they got to do. And I, I don't imagine that Marvel will, will handle things much differently than that. Mm. But I suppose it's possible. And without knowing more, I can't say that that's not true. The only other thing I was thinking is I wonder if maybe there's someone who's like a key person in it who's like immunocompromised or something. Like what if like one of the actors or like one of the like, you know, the, I don't know, the director or something like has like a, a increased risk. Or something like that. Maybe that like shifted things back. It's so, it's worth noting that with coronavirus and in in environments with like entertainment, that you can't announce things like that because it's a violation of HIPAA laws. So like even if that was true, you would never know. Yeah, right. So apparently in February, um, Gemma Chan she had confirmed that it was finished filming the Eternals. Obviously, this is like. Okay. Uh, the an actor within it, so maybe they're doing like there were planned reshoots or something like that. But that was up until February that it had wrapped. Yeah, yeah, and it looks like they've been in post production um, ever for, since for yeah for a while. So um, hmm. that's that. Yeah, but of course weird. there are always reshoots and things. So who knows? Ultimately, uh, I do think it's weird that they flip that. Marvel tends to stay, you know, the course in terms of keeping their release dates. Um, in order, what you know, their movies in order. Uh, I wonder if down the road we might not find out a, a, a reason for this yeah. to have happened. Um, but we do have a question on this subject. Oh, uh, are you kidding me? Would you say that it's the random question of the week? Uh, this one comes from our pal Matt Murphy, who says, "With Marvel movies pushed out until 2021, it's going to be 22 months." Between releases for the MCU, Damn. has the long break allowed you to take a deep breath and get excited again to revisit that world? Do you think that WandaVision is going to be enough to casual or hardcore viewers to get back in after such a big, for these movies, break? Ooh, I, I'll address the, the second point first. Uh, it's it's enough for me. Like the, the, the way that they're looking to sort of stylize it, the way that they've, they've showed, at least on the trailer, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but like I, that's... I feel like from just that is going to be enough to satisfy me because of the sort of the artistic things that they look like they're going to be doing there. Yeah, it's I know we I don't remember if we talked about this on an episode or if it was just privately or something, but I remember talking about this with Sean and I was saying how I really feel like I benefited from the break because I wasn't like out on the MCU, but I felt like the end of phase one or not phase one of the first chapter, I guess, of the MCU, right, felt like really significant and it felt like it had we'd been going towards it for so long that i wanted there to be room for it to breathe and now that we're moving into this next generation and it's you know going to be two years removed for us since we've seen something and it's also a focus on new characters and like new locations like different like elements of the world like time travel and you know alternate realities and all these things that you know, were kind of half touched on or not quite committed to. And, you know, with like new faces like Shang-Chi and the Eternals, like I feel like there's a lot there that feels fresh again. So, and, and I also think like to be totally honest with how fucking bleak the world feels lately, like I could use like some good like 
you know, good old-fashioned superhero media right now, you know, of, like, stuff about people coming together and overcoming great odds. And, like, you know, I, I think the reason that they've that superhero stuff has been so popular for the last decade plus is because, you know, I think um, that stuff speaks to us in, in times of, of political turmoil or, or, or world turmoil, you know? Um, and it's only gotten worse since the last MCU flick. So I, I, I am in a place where like, I, I'm, I'm welcoming the return at this point, you know? And I, I feel excited for it again in a way that I don't even remember, you know, except for like the real big event tent poles. It was just, oh, it's another Marvel movie. I saw one three months ago. I, um, I definitely agree that the, the new environments, the new characters, the new ideas are, uh, they're 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 cool. Uh, for me, I don't know if they're enough to interest me. Like I, I've seen some of the 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 ideas in some of the past movies. Obviously, the new characters I don't have as much of a connection to. So it, there's nothing like pulling me as much to go want to watch them. And then also the the two years or like the 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 year and almost like in ten months, whatever it's gonna be. Like I, it made me realize that. There was a time before these movies, and I don't miss them. Like you, you know, the, before two thousand eight, we didn't have the Marvel movies, so that does that doesn't mean that in this in this now future that you know we're not gonna continue to have Marvel movies. But also the fact that there aren't any doesn't really phase me because we've had it for so long that like I feel like I've experienced it, and I don't know that I need to experience more of it. I'd be open to it, but there's like a there's not like a a burning want for me right now. I get that. Kale hasn't um, seen most of them anyway. Yeah, so. I mean, there are only like two three, Spider-Mans, right? so, I mean, I've seen every other one. I don't know. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want? Yeah, I haven't seen the good ones. I'm, I'm pretty motivated and excited to get back into the world of, of Marvel um on screen i don't know about the rest of the world as it relates to wandavision being that thing but the fact that wandavision generated 50 was it 55 million views on youtube which is yeah. the most ever for a streaming service property i think that says a lot about where people are at with this yeah um there isn't a lot going on like Media wise, yes, of course there are things, but movies wise, there isn't. And Trolls too. Hmm? Trolls World Tour. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I do think that people want to see more. They're, they want more exciting stuff to happen. The promise of the Disney Plus shows from Marvel was a big selling point for a lot of people. Yeah. That's what. That's one of the things that made Disney Plus one of the fastest rising um, streaming services of all time. And so we're finally getting the results of that. And I do think that's exciting. I don't think it honestly matters that we're not getting more Marvel movies until 2021, because I think once we do, people will go back to movie theaters. They're not going right now. Tenet was a thing. It was a test in a lot of ways mm -hmm. that a lot of other film studios were looking at and going, how will this do? If it does well, great. But I think, the fact that they made these massive pushbacks after Tenet performed how it did is the tell. People are not ready to go back to theaters. No. So there is no reason to put these movies out. 
when people are ready, the first movies they're going to see, the first movies available will be these Marvel movies. And I believe that we will see that people want to see them and that the delay or no delay wouldn't have changed anything, in my opinion. I think these movies would have done great regardless because people want to watch Marvel movies. That, that said, I, I do think if they had dropped Black Widow like now, I don't think people would still go see it. No, because, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No. I, I, th- I think, uh, yeah, I think your point definitely stands, Sean. Like, I think, uh, especially given enough time, um, I don't know that they're going to perform as well. Obviously, you know, there's uh, a whole varying range of de- reasons why, but I do think that people are are hungry enough to want to go back to see something. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way, like Pete does, where he's like definitely hungry for it and and, and wants something um, in this like like post whatever world, you know? Um, yeah. I I definitely miss like new movies. Uh, yeah. Definitely a movie person. And I'm not a big Christopher Nolan fan traditionally. I think he's kind of hit or miss as a director. And it's not necessarily because of his direction. A lot of it is because of uh, a lot of his movies have his brother writing the screenplays. Um, Jonathan Nolan. Not the uh, Nolan pals. Not the Nolan pals. I, I, my point is <laughs> um, I miss like new movies in general. Uh, and we've had like less than five this year. Uh, so when, when we are able to go back to movie theaters 20 years from now, <laughs> uh, I'll be ready to go see uh, Eternals in the theater. I'll be down for that. I can't wait for the New Mutants re-released in theaters. IMAX, baby! I'll be $70 there. million. Dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think it's probably worth calling out too that these movies have such a like like if you look at how they've performed you know during the era where they were the dominant thing in in films even if mm-hmm. like this comeback isn't a return to that glory and we do see like some level of waning interest it's kind of like how when people would like were like started talking shit about the walking dead and it's like yeah but it's still like the most watched thing on TV besides like football so like a lot of people are still into it you know um so there's like oh there would have to be a pretty huge drop off i think for us to not like see this cadence continue for or come back yeah and and again i think if you see us if you see these movies come out and there's a softer um response in terms of people going to the theaters in my mind it's unlikely that that is only something that marvel films experience yes if anything you'll see that across the board and it will be the corona effect where people just don't feel comfortable going back to theaters but if there is a quality difference for whatever reason then yeah if the movies are are you know they start to suck okay but i feel like if we can expect which i think is reasonable after this many movies that they will retain the quality of what phase three had then there's no reason for people to stop watching them other than a fear of going to the theater or just being tired of these movies, which we don't have any evidence at all to cite as being true. Right. Do you, do you think if they release Black Widow um, and they see that, that softness, do you think they're going to stick to these, these dates? Or how hard do you think they'll stick to these dates post a first marvel movie coming back i i had to think everything is still kind of 
in limbo in general. Yeah, yeah. These are probably soft dates because honestly, no, no, sorry. Ooh. I meant, I meant like, like depending on the performance of the film, how like, like let's say, let's say they decide, you know, uh, whatever the date was for, um, for Black Widow, they release it, and then they see that maybe it didn't perform still in like the that that threshold or whatever yeah. is needed. Do you think that these those dates are gonna are the gonna remaining stick? movies? would right. slip is that way yeah i think they would right like i think um i think there's a good chance that we'll see movie distributors in general experiment in the way that you know sean made a point of like how tenant was an experiment and it taught us a lot about where the market is right now and i think next year you'll see other movies do that too where in the same way that like mulan was a gamble right where they were like we're gonna put this out on disney plus for a premium price and see what the return is on it you well, know that had a lot of other factors going in a lot of people were very mad about that movie. right right but that's my point right is i think everybody right now is like kind of in this game of chicken of like what yeah. can we do and who's gonna do what first and who's yeah. gonna flinch first and i, I mm -hmm. think the more interesting question is to sean's point about people's fear going back to the theater how long does that last you know i don't want to like get on a whole thing about about the ramifications of like long-term coronavirus but like Say we don't get a vaccine for another year. Are people comfortable going to the movie six months after that? Twelve months after that? Like, how long can we sit on this stuff before we just have to shit or get off the pot with it? And I think the question is going to be, like, do movie theaters as we knew them come back and on that in mass level where, like, that's the thing again? And I, I think they probably will, but if that's not for, like, several years, like, that is really going to be a huge problem. And I wonder if we don't see, uh, specifically through the lens of Marvel, right? Like, what if the budgets for these movies just start getting cut? Where it's like, we can't spend half a billion dollars making this movie if we're not going to release it in theaters. And, like, that, I think, mm -hmm. is the um, probably the bigger threat for them is if they feel like they need to keep going, but they don't want to put the budget behind it or whatever. And I don't we're seeing what they're doing on Disney Plus. Like they're putting huge budgets behind those shows. So there's a lot of different ways they can pivot. But to what you guys said, I, I don't I don't think there is a clear answer right now because we don't know what the next six, twelve, eighteen months look like. Right. I don't think that I don't think that there's a rush on Marvel's part at least, or really anyone's part, no. to start shooting movies that are not already in production. Because, yeah, that you have no fucking idea when you could put out. Right. And so with that, I, I, I feel like the only way we'll see budget slashes is if the movies come out and the market is just not there. Mm -hmm. If it's not there in the way that we're used to, but they realize we just have to keep doing this, then maybe that happens. But, um, you know, the Disney Plus shows, they were already made and done. No one has to go sit in a theater to watch them. So it's really safe, of course, to just put those out. If they're gonna do what they're gonna do. They were gonna come out anyways. It doesn't. It doesn't affect them. And I look to these dates for the movies that have not been shot yet, and I say those are false dates. Yeah. Those movies will one hundred thousand percent not come out when they say they are. Everything will shift back. We are basically saying and accepting that twenty twenty. From a film perspective, did not happen. Yeah, it was a fucking wash. And that is the way we have to approach it in our minds and forget 
is almost not even worth projecting into the future because we don't even have a now. You know, like the now yeah. is limbo. Yeah. So absolutely. The, the, the issue, of course, is when you make movies like Wonder Woman 1984 and the Marvel films that have been made and Tenet and all these other big budget films that don't release and they don't receive the, you know, the box office that they are intended to, you'll see what happened at Warner Brothers last month where there was a massive round of layoffs. Like as companies aren't able to start seeing returns on their investments, there's going to be caught, there's going to be cuts to which is kind of what Pete was alluding to before. So there, there is a bit of pressure in that sense because obviously that looks really bad. Yeah, like un- unfortunately, it's frustrating because I think the reality is that, you know, like especially just looking at the example of Disney, right? They can put things on freeze for a few years and it's not really going to affect their bottom line. They have so much fucking money and they have money coming in from all these different disparate places, right? Where like – if they needed to weather the storm, Disney will weather the storm. But the problem is they're not going to take losses to weather the storm. So, like, if they can't produce – like, they finish the production on these movies and they're done. And to Sean's point, they're not going to start shooting Spider-Man 3 until, like, things are normal and these movies are out the gate and we know what the pipeline looks like again. So what does that mean for all the people who work at, you know, the Marvel film division, right? Like – yeah, Kevin Feige's job safe. The directors who have been contracted to do the movies or whatever, the but actors. like, there's hundreds of thousands of people that work at these companies that are going to lose their jobs if the movie industry just doesn't just freezes for the next two or three years, and that right. sucks, you know. Yeah. And and you wonder what the return looks like because we've seen that happen in other places, in other industries, in other businesses where like you go away and like it's tough to like come back to the way that you were because then you have to go on a mass hiring spree and then there's a whole you know process of getting those new employees acclimated and setting up a new pipeline and it it could go from being as little disruption as possible which is i think like what we're discussing versus a total upending of the system as we currently know it well uh i think i think that it's it's very much a wait and see. We're in the same position that these studios are. You know, Pete said they're playing chicken, and I think, or I believe it was Pete, and uh, yeah. there is definitely an element of truth to that. Better safe than sorry, and I yeah. think holding back these movies, even though they're not making a dime off of them, is the best thing they can do. Now, Disney and Warner are very lucky that they have these streaming services to continue to profit from while they can't yeah while they can't put movies out speaking of which we do have the second trailer for WandaVision which oh. as i mentioned earlier did do banging numbers on youtube uh, it was like 13 million oh no, no way uh, more than I, that yeah i believe total they said it was 55 million oh wait no you know what uh, it was wait, 13 really? 13 million on youtube Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, I guess, I don't know. I guess, uh, oh, I guess the accumulation. Like, yeah, yeah like, I think that's aggregating like Facebook and Twitter and right. you know, all yeah. the places that right. it played. Yeah. So um, let's let's actually get into the trailer. And if we can do that, I'm going to take control here. Ooh. And I'm going to show you guys 
the trailer, if you're watching on YouTube, you can actually watch it alongside the rest of us. Let's do it. Assuming direct control. Do we need to make you the host again? Yeah. Okay. Let me just make there a, was a, a uh, There was a comment about, um, uh, what was it, uh, Mulan and like sort of the, the controversies around that. Um, I just want to, you know, quick shout out to the Chinese centers, centers. We, we don't have any problem with it. Um, you know, we, we, whatever happened, happened. And, you know, it was, I got a problem with it. No, no. <laughs> China, can, China can go get no, fucked. And, and, you know, unfortunately, uh, get getting, fucked, China, get fucked. <laughs> Free Hong Kong. Sean's the host. There <laughs> right, we go. Check this out. So, Obviously, we know what WandaVision is in the sense that we're aware it's a it's a show starring Vision and uh, Scarlet Witch. And here in the early stages of it, it's clearly aping like an I Love Lucy uh, type of vibe, those black and white comedies. Yeah. Um, Dyke, actually, I think I think that might even be the set. Really? Well, I, I, I think I'm, it's. I think it's mixing a few things because there's also uh, the part that we just watched. And I, I'm apologizing to the YouTube people. We're set up for four people, so our faces look all messed up right now. But I'm going to keep the trailer up. Um, there's a part earlier where Vision's going to, like, walk out the door. And she kind of, like, wiggles her nose or whatever. And that's a Bewitched reference. Just yeah. Oh, I'm that, sorry, Phil. The kitchen oh. there looks exactly like the Dick Van Dyke show's uh, kitchen is what uh, – and I watched that on Hulu. That's why. That's yeah. why that's so in the front of my mind. And I think to Sean's point, them having the dinner with the older couple—that seems like I Love Lucy. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. Because it was like Fred oh, and uh, Ethel so were their funny. best friends the, on, on I Love Lucy. Is, uh, yeah, I love the, the, the the wine and like it like wiggles a little bit to show like it's like you know more a more practical looking effect. It's it's like mm. really clever. So actually, Sean, could you just rewind real quick? Yeah, this is my favorite part of the trailer. So in the beginning, like the opening is like a TV and it's in SD. And then as they're having that conversation and it's getting uncomfortable about like, you know, what are like, what are, you know, what's the deal or whatever, basically here. And um, I, I thought it was really interesting that like you see the SD oh, turn right. into HD, right? Like, oh, you whoa. S- isn't that cool? Some Wizard of Oz shit. Yeah. And it's as the, you know, I don't Things know. get tense. Yeah, well, and I, I think it's like as the um, now it's the late sixties and seventies, right, right. Well, and I, I think it's supposed to represent them realizing that they're like in a simulation kind of thing, you know. So there's so much to break down in this trailer. Um, there, there's just a lot going on here. Um, like that right there, Vision um, wearing the Halloween, like, costume. A Halloween costume version of like the comics Vision. Yeah. Uh, this. Uh, this woman here who just got blasted through reality. Yeah. That is um oh shoot, I'm blanking on her name now. Why? Sean, could you just move your cursor? Oh pfft. thank you. Sure. Um uh, help me out. Captain Marvel. Oh, oh Monica oh, Rambo. Oh. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah, that's Monica oh. Rambo. I did all not put up. that together. Huh. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, that's Captain- right. Monica was the little girl. Yeah. Right. Yep. Oh, um, and oh, there shit. we just passed it. There we see uh, that, that's the, that, that's a, the kids blink and you miss it moment. Right. Uh, does that does that sofa look at all like from um the vision, the the from mm, Tom King at all? Probably. They took a lot from I mean, this idea is directly borrowed. 
uh, this woman right here. Is so a witch. This is she's yes, a witch. She, I'm not a witch. a witch. I'm not a witch. I'm your she, wife. She is uh, most probably going to be Agatha Harkness, mm. who oh. is a very important character to Scarlet Witch's history. She's the person who teaches Scarlet Witch how to control her hex powers. Um, in fact, when Scarlet Witch, so post House of M, Scarlet Witch is gone. She's just, you know, dipped. And Hawkeye gets revived in the midst mm -hmm. of the House of M business. And he goes trying to find her. And he can't. I believe he finds Agatha. Kale, did you read this as well? Do you remember I this? I thought issue? it was her. I thought it was her with her memory gone on, uh, was it, is it Wondagore Mountain? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, definitely. That is correct. Um, but Agatha is a major player. They're tipping their hat at the fact that she's wearing a witch's, um, a, with like a kind of a witch's hat on her head. Um, and then here, what Vision is doing, very important, he's using the Mind Stone to awaken her to the fact that this is not really real. Uh -huh. More importantly, that's John C. Riley's wife and stepbrothers. <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna say it's Catherine Hahn. Yeah, um, yeah. She's not John C. Riley's wife. It's Adam Scott's wife, who John C. Riley has an affair with. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, Catherine Hahn's great. She's a great actress. Uh, and then this 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 bottle of wine here is actually a lot more important than it appears to be. Um, so it's uh, there's a. It's called. It's it, there. See the M there. Um, I'm I'm using yes. my cursor like a maniac. Mephisto. So that, that's no. Uh, there's two. So there's two things here. Oh. Uh, so the M is a uh, most likely a reference to House of M. A little wink and a nod. That's what Mes I thought. Maison Maison Day is House of. It's House of Misery or something of that nature. I don't the remember exactly. Um, come on, come on, Kale. Take a class. I, well, that's how I got House of. <laughs> got there. Uh, yeah. So, so the so the bottle of wine is tipping tipping towards those things. But then um, Marco brought up Mephisto, and uh, Mephisto definitely plays a role oh. in. Go ahead. It's House of Contempt. Yeah, Contempt. House of Contempt. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so, and you know, Scarlet Witch had a lot of contempt for uh, her father during that storyline, House of M. Um, so Mephisto, the, there's, a, there's a theory, a running theory, that Scarlet Witch borrows through her, through her hex powers from another dimension to manifest the things that she manifests. And that in oh. order to make the kids, she actually unintentionally borrows from Mephisto's realm. And oh, she's coming to bargain. And he wants... <laughs> He wants to get his powers back from her. He wants back what she stole. And that's part of how she becomes involved with Doctor Strange. Uh, Peter Fonda in the Ghost Rider movies. Oh, God, please. <laughs> so, um, Go ahead. Um, so obviously uh, Vision is, is back. Is that like because she creates him? Like, Is there a running theory at all there? Or like, well, what's the deal there? Cat, Considering the, uh, Agatha Hans? says that they're dead. dead and that's the hook of the trailer yeah she yeah. and vision are dead well right. she she asks him am i dead and he says no why would you think that and she says because you are yeah um and so mm. it, vision yeah, exactly. is 
in my mind, resurrected by the Scarlet Witch in this series because she wants to put things back. She yeah. wants things the way she wants them. She wants things to be normal for her. Like, look at this idealistic 1950s reality here. You right. know, she wants that uh, uh, that nuclear family. I I'm super into this. Like, obviously, we just talked about how, like, in general, I'm I'm. I'm ready for the MCU to return, but the fact that this entire thing is like a love letter to sitcoms is like, yeah, gets me right where I live. Cause I know, uh, Phil called out how we have like the evolution from the 50s into like the 60s and 70s look. And then at the end, it's another blink and you miss it kind of thing. There's a 90s thing where it looks like the Roseanne living room. Yeah. That one yep. right there. Oh, and she's in the flannel and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's definitely a worthy call out. This moment right here is super important. So Monica Rambeau is obviously done something to upset Scarlet Witch, and she is being kicked out of the dome into reality. So that's that's a tip off that Scarlet Witch is um, what she has done here does not extend to all of Earth. Reality. It's only a localized reality warp and. You can go in or out, I assume, but based on her will. And I assume that Monica Rambeau's powers are what allow her to infiltrate this place without Scarlet Witch's permission. Um, so, yeah, lots to unpack here. Great trailer. I think that they got a lot into the minute and 20 seconds that it is. Um, and I am, I'm over the moon excited for this. December 18th, I believe, is the release date on this. I think nice. this is hard stop the best trailer that – Marvel Studios has ever produced because it showed us so much, but I also don't feel like it gave everything away. Like all it did was get me more interested rather than being like, oh, okay, great. I'm really upset. I watched this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, it's just awesome. Fucking looks great, man. Say. It looks yeah. really great. Yeah. I, yeah, this is easily the thing I'm most interested in, um, moving forward with, with the MCU right now. And we need it because this year will mark the first year since 2009 we did not get a Marvel movie. That won't change, but oh. at least we will get something. What a time. The <laughs> golden age. What a thrill. Uh, whatever. Uh, in addition, we also learned that there will be a Nick Fury series on Disney+. Plus. Samuel L. Jackson will reprise the role of Nick Fury for this TV show. We don't know a lot more than than just that it's coming, but I gotta say the idea of Samuel L. Jackson leading a show is really exciting. Now my question is, and hopefully you guys will provide your thoughts, is will this be a show that takes place in the nineties of the the Captain Marvel era where he, you know, um, had hair and stuff, or will this be something in between? Um, hmm. Is he bald in real life? <laughs> he shaves yeah. his head. Uh, no, yeah. I, th I think he has really long hair. I think it's a mole. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my god, that would be glorious. I, uh, I, I don't know honestly. Like I hadn't thought about that until you raised that question, but I think that makes a lot of sense. I don't know that they would go all the way back to the nineties mm, um, again. Yeah, because like we've seen that that young Nick Fury, and I feel like there's a gap between Captain Marvel and when we meet him with Tony Stark. But right. I don't know how much filling in those gaps is really valuable. Something I would actually be way more interested in, and this is just totally like a 
bullshit fan wish list thing is I think it would be really sick if the show was about him and Maria Hill like scouting out other like super powered people and like maybe that's the lead in the Young Avengers you know or something like that where it's like think about and Kale sorry spoilers for <laughs> Spider-Man 2 uh, think about the, the relationship the MCU one Tobey Maguire one oh, right. yeah Tobey Maguire when Sam Well was in that <laughs> But think about the conversations that that uh, Nick Fury and Peter Parker have in Far From Home and how the entire thing is him being like, I just came back and all my apparatuses are destroyed. I don't know shit. I don't know who I can trust. Tony's dead. Like, you know, Cap's gone. The Avengers are, are you know, spread to the winds and everything. Like, it could be about him, like, reestablishing S.H.I.E.L.D. Shield. And, oh. and making a new Avengers team. And That's cool. I think that would be cool. Like, I think that would work really well, and it would be a great way to introduce some minor characters who maybe can't, you know, carry their own show like a Kamala can, but you can still introduce them and get them on the board. I totally agree with everything you just said. I just want to point out for the sake of um, continuity that that wasn't Nick Fury. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Like, I don't play. think that you, that negates what you just said, though. I'm, Did you I'm, even see Spider-Man 2? <laughs> I, I, I watched it recently, and I have... Well, it's a decoy. It, it was a scroll. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, but but still, I feel like there's merit to that. Yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm going to ignore that, and I'm going to say I like Pete's idea. Yeah, I do, too. I think it's great. I think it's I, a great idea. That would be fucking great. Like, I think that would be such a strong way to to stack the deck with new characters while leaning on a, a character who's a, you know, established and it makes sense for him to be pulling the strings of everything. But also it's fucking Samuel L. Jackson. Like you're going to show up for that. Yeah. I think I I'd like just go ahead. Sorry. I, I just, I don't know if you guys saw me. I just got really excited. Cause I'm like, what if they include I boy, but then he's a mutant. So now I mean, not yet. Uh, they're they're on the table now, though. And, They're not going to start the mutants with iBoy. No, what? that's true. Hold on, but wait, wait. It's Samuel Jackson and Nick Fury. Nick Fury's only got one eye. What oh. if he's going to borrow one from iBoy? Perfect Boom. sidekick for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, he actually, all by one fucking weakness, depth perception. What if what if they introduce some of the like slowly introduce some of the mutants through like some of the 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 TV show stuff? Like what if for example he he goes exploring not necessarily like super powered people, but he he goes on like that that mission of just like hey there's now like a thing called mutants or something and we're trying to explore that. I feel like you don't even have to do it that way. Like I feel like you could easily have like um like a more of a cameo type appearance, like where say it is the the version that I just described, right? And like he crosses paths with Wolverine, and it's a thing where it's like you know it's Wolverine, but it's not like a oh hey this is Wolverine, like this is his introduction, you know? And like they start laying the threads that these people exist and that they're kind of in the background or in the periphery, and then you have the film that's really like. Oh, so here's what's been going on with mutants and why they exist now and why they we didn't know about them before or they never right. existed before now or what the fuck ever. Hmm. I don't think that's insane. Just give me eye boy. You know what? <laughs> that's the only mutant representation yeah. I need. All I want is eye boy too, actually. Good call. Oh, mark. you want eye boy too? <laughs> Such a that's fake right. ass fan, bro. I want Nightcrawler. 
No, I said what I said. <laughs> I want Jean Grey going shopping. <laughs> I just, Salem. Salem Center, bro. Apocalypse. Duh. Try again. So I want to see Samuel Jackson doing cool spy shit. So I want to. I want them yeah. to reach back to, you know, the David Hasselhoff movie, and then uh, the old Bill Sienkiewicz and um, mm. all those other creators that worked on him. Wasn't he white then? Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean yeah. You know, he so? can have, a, he, he can have a black guy swap. adventures. It's a yeah. palette swap. No, but I mean, it's just like the the Nick Fury that he's based on is Ultimate Nick Fury. <laughs> yeah, he was well, white yeah. back then. <laughs> but he uh, Ultimate Nick Fury doesn't have a backlog of adventures the way David Hasselhoff does. Right. Yeah. Ultimate Nick Fury and Nick Fury are the same character, except one is white and has hair. And one is bald, and the, uh, one is <laughs> and black Samuel and L. Jackson. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. there's just no there's no difference. It's ridiculous. There's David David Hasselhoff, and then there's Samuel L. Jackson. I think that's pretty sweet. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm probably mostly with Kale in the sense that I think mm-hmm. I most want to see some spy stuff. I want to see Nick Fury, you know, chewing the scene and just doing like Samuel L. Jackson stuff, fucking yeah. shooting um, planes out of the sky and shit. Whatever else, sure. He does. <laughs> I would love to see him, his life at risk. Maybe like he's mm-hmm. got to, you know, like figure out what's going on. And I think you can throw in a lot of cool references and Easter eggs and further the wider MCU story through the lens of Nick Fury's, um, you know, predicament, whatever he finds himself in. And the coolest thing about that is, I feel like you could do that. With Nick at any point in the in the history of the MCU, if he's yeah. alive, he's doing something cool, mm-hmm. and it could relate to now. They did it with Captain Marvel, so yeah, I'm I'm just down in general. What's up with? Uh, did they confirm if Kobe Smulders is going to be in it as Maria Hill? I didn't see any confirmation of that personally. You have to imagine she will be, but that'd be cool. Yeah. It, it, it again. It depends on when it takes place. If it, yeah. if it takes place too far in the past, then she can't. But we don't know. Uh, I'm excited, and I think I speak for all of us. Right? We're we're just yeah. generally excited. All right, not Phil. I'll take okay. it. All right. Okay. Man, wow. I'll watch Samuel L. Jackson do anything. He's effortlessly entertaining. <laughs> A lot less excitement than I uh, than I anticipated. <laughs> I'm with you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you with me on this? Zack Snyder's it. Justice League is nope. getting reshoots, and uh, I'm down. Extension? Let's go Five back to hours now. <laughs> Bill decided uh, to leave the show, which is not that atypical. Uh, um, I, dude, it's so funny because Phil was tweeting about this the other day. He's like, "There's nothing I'm less interested in, in than in uh, there's nothing I'm less interested in than the Snyder cut." And I was like, look, bro, we just got to treat it like we did the original Justice League. We're going to get drunk first, and we're going to watch it, and we're going to suffer through for the show. Damn. That was Phil, the bit? I, I'm not. Phil, I, I really hope you ex- – I, I really wish you had extended a bit because I, I was going to text you. I was be like, yo, stay there until we finish it, and I'll text you when to come back. <laughs> oh. <laughs> also, Kale, you have to watch it and participate. You already took your vacation for the year. You're fucked. Fuck. Yeah, there's just no chance you don't watch that, it. Um, oh, piss. No Piss. No, wait. I don't have HBO Max. I don't have to do shit. Tough I can't shit. I'll get fucking it. send it to you. Get over yeah. it. I can't even get it. Oh, because you're in and I'll, uh, I'll, Then America? you know what, Kale? We'll watch it together and I'll America. screencast it to you. You're watching you this go. shit. If I got to suffer through it, you're suffering through it. 
I'm now, not in America. Uh, allegedly, uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter, Ben Affleck will return, Henry Cavill will return, Gal Gadot will return, <laughs> and Ray Fisher will return. Obviously, there's been a lot of stuff going on with Ray Fisher as Cyborg. Um, there's a lot of friction between him and Warner Media. We haven't discussed that here on the show yet. That's not because we don't want to. It's because I'm waiting for that story to develop into something we can really chew on. Um, But Henry Cavill has since said that he is not a part of this, that he has no reshoots coming and he's, he's not involved. Damn. He's the Um, hero we deserve. Especially his mustache. I feel like that makes sense though, given the, he's dead for a huge part of the movie. Right. So like, not really. Not as we I don't recall. know. He, he was about half of it. That's true. That's the issue. Yeah, we, we don't, don't know. know when he resurrects in the in the new the version. Real in the real version. Honestly, it explains a lot that Zack Snyder doesn't want to do Superman stuff because uh, it shows in this Superman movie he did. <laughs> I love how nice. like Phil did that, and he was like, ha! like that was like a hot take. <laughs> like, oh, I don't like Man of Steel. I'm gonna get him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. great. Man, great one, Phil. Yes. Good job. Thank you. Casey, Casey killed that bit. <laughs> killed that bit. As as the only person on the show who is genuinely interested in the Snyder Cut, I have hey, two Hey, wait, to say. I am. Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> Are you really? Cool, dude. I don't believe you, but. <laughs> what? That's, not, that's not fair. You can't take my alleged opinions of Onslaught like that. Marco. I mean, you lie though. We know no, this. You, I didn't. You've, been, you've become you the did. king of disingenuous bullshit. Now we don't know. Mr. Mixel Pitlick. You're an agent of chaos. I can't trust your opinions on anything that aren't Swamp Thing. <laughs> so, I have two things. One, I am into this for sure. However, let it no longer be said that the Snyder Cut was a thing before now. Yeah, right. This is not in any way at this point the Snyder Cut because... They're making a new film. They're making they're shooting things. And also, a point that I do think is worth mentioning, whether or not Zack Snyder's original vision would have been good, we will never, ever know because this is not that. But if this is good... Mm-mm. Hush. <laughs> Everything he's doing, you have to realize that in some way, shape, or form, he's thinking about the backlash that the Justice League movie got and the things that people didn't like about it. Yeah, so yep. he has a significant advantage. Yep. Yeah. So that he wouldn't have had. Before. Yeah, he has the benefit of basically like releasing the movie and getting you know like um what, what's the Still word they there. use when they do that for like a, a product. Mulligan. Screen, you know, like screening. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, or like like a focus group, basically. Focus group, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, and then like, okay, Most cool, expensive. so let's learn from all of those mistakes that I already got to make for several hundred million dollars. And and but I but I do think it's fair to point out that the Justice League movie we saw, whether good, bad, or whatever, was not Zach's vision. Sure. And if he had been there for the entirety of the of the uh process, it wouldn't have been that. Would it have been good? Probably not. But that was not what he wanted us to see. It's not different tremendously than various different director's cuts that we've had in the past 
the key thing that makes it different is the fact that they're doing reshoots. That is wild. Years after the fact. Years after the fact. That is that is un, unprecedented. That being said, this idea, this narrative that people are putting out there, oh, $70 million, that could go to uh, you know, uh, schools or $70 million, and yet they just fired all these people at Warner Media. Please stop. Is that a narrative? Yeah. It's always a narrative. I think that's a narrative when it comes to like anything with money that people don't agree with it being spent on. Of like, why do yeah. athletes make so much money when nurses don't? It's like because those things yeah. aren't related. <laughs> In yeah, fairness, nothing. Go ahead. I feel that way about the seventy million that went toward Marco's book club. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What a bad well, investment. Well produced, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm glad that you thought that my production on it was great. Uh, yeah, gotta gotta get credit reads too. Now. You know, $70 million went to something that they anticipate is going to make them a lot more money than that. Uh, and they're probably right, realistically. I see a lot of people subscribing to HBO Max for this Snyder Cut. It, Warner Media was never going to give $70 million to schools or hospitals or anything like that. So cut it out. Yeah. And the people that got fired in the mass firings recently. Obviously, there are going to be mass firings. Warner Media is not the only company doing it, and they're doing it for a reason. Um, and that reason has nothing to do with the Snyder Cut. Yeah, and so, seventy million dollars wouldn't have saved those jobs, right? Actually, actually, quick thought: What if that the satanic ritual that was a part of like conjuring this to be made? Can I kick him off the call? Is that it was a bloodletting yeah, process. Yeah, yeah. All right, you're gonna go bye bye if you keep it up. You can't <laughs> kick me off this meeting. I am. Oh shit, <laughs> apparently you can. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> but you can't kick off the truth. Now, the bloodletting ceremony. All right, you 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 also are at risk. You're about to get bumped. <laughs> Am I at risk? No, you're not at risk. Yes. Um Oh, he wants to rejoin. Well, yeah, then. Shit. We'll wait after we'll wait till after the segment. Well, uh, quite frankly, I think the segment is over unless you guys have anything you want to say in response to what I said, which is fair. I don't even remember what you said. So okay. they, need, they need 4 million subscribers over the next few years in order to make back the money that in, in new subscription um, that they would need uh, to cover that 70 million. That's how many people need to be subscribed to it. Are 4 million? Only fans again? <laughs> no, to HBO Max. What you said, four million? Four, like four point five, like four point three. That's not insane. To yeah. make to make the money back in one shot or over time? Over time, just just in general. That's how many subscribers need to be up until the point that it was invested for them to make it back. To make it back by when? It, it doesn't matter. That's just the sum total of people that need to be able to do it. If if it's at, at that cost, so like if that's over. If they have like a million people on this on the service now, that's gonna be four years. Okay. Oh, I okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know, guys. I'm into it. I'm ready. Let's do it. We're into it, Sean. Jesus. Marco, I Stop. don't believe. I don't. Bro, <laughs> you have to understand. Me. Listen, you two have fun with your shitty movie. I'm gonna live in not America and not have to watch it. No, Kale, you're have fucking wrong. You're gonna watch have a great it. Great time. So you're, he's wrong times too because it's actually not a movie. 
What is it? It's like oh a mini series. It's like a five hour mini series. Oh my oh god. My yeah, god. no. I know. I know. We I'm have to watch it for five fucking no, I'm weeks. Not watching this. Kill. You are. You are. You'll be kicked I off have the s- island. So- okay. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I let you get out of watching The Punisher because of your weak constitution. You're fucking watching this movie. <laughs> Listen, no, actually, I can't because Batman kills people too, so I'm out. You son of a bitch. <laughs> Batman has a gun. People, if you guys don't stop this BS, <laughs> we can't just we can't just elect to not watch things. That's half the content is suffering through shit we don't want to watch. In fact, I'm willing to go so far as to pick up a sword and fly all the way over to whatever European place you are currently at and take you out. Slayer ass, my like man. A dragon. You know this place is where swords were invented, right? I have so <laughs> many swords. Me, you know what to do with them. And in fact, <laughs> is anybody else willing to come with me to pick up swords and go and deal with Kale, dude? Yeah, you had me at go and pick up swords. I'm to down the to place swords. where Let's swords go. were created. Japan? Japan. You can only hold so many swords, like ten. I can hold ten at once. Well, you guys were reading comic books. I was studying the art of the blade. <laughs> studying the blade. <laughs> well, me personally, I don't know how to use a sword. But I think some of the X-Men do. And we're going to be reviewing Ten of Swords right now. So, the first thing I noticed about Ten of Swords uh, creation is that it is part one of 22. Yes. Right? I was like, holy shit, are you kidding me? Yep. <laughs> we did a story a month or so ago about how this series had been expanded. And that's cool and everything. But when you see that number, 22 in your face, it hits. Huh. <laughs> Sticker shock. <laughs> it's half I, a year. Yeah. 22 no. weeks. 22 weeks? It's oh, not yeah. 22 weeks. It's monthly? It's no. So the way this series is taking place is each chapter will be told in one of the currently ongoing X-Men titles. Oh, okay. And then each month will have one X of Swords uh, creation style interlude. Well, this is the opening. Then the next one is Stasis, which is the interlude. And then the third one is, um, I don't remember what it's called. Uh, but it's but the, the end. The chapters in between are part of the story. But they cross the different the, titles. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the story. Yeah. So, but that'll be weekly. Like those are releasing weekly. So it'll be 22 weeks. No, we're going to get more than one edition per week. Motherfuck. So, like, for example, uh, in the week of October, the first week of October that we're getting books, which is the 7th. We've got Wolverine 6, X-Force 13, and Marauders 13 all all in the same week. Yeah. Dang. And then the following week, it's it's three books as well on the 14th. Oh, I yeah. see. And each one of those is a part one, part like two, part yeah. three, whatever. Exactly. Okay. So yeah. it's like, it's definitely going to be a lot less than 22 weeks, but. I mean, it's it's actually three months. Okay. There you go. Yeah. All right. Um, so. That's three months. <laughs> 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 Around 22 weeks. This is what we've all been waiting for. This is the first crossover in the Dawn of X era of the X-Men. Empire. And, huh? Empire. What the hell? 
There was that uh, bit of a crossover. I mean, an X-Men crossover, you ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's a doozy. I mean, it, there's a ton of pages, and there's a whole mess load of stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, Phil, you missed last week. Did you read X-Men 12? Uh, nope, forgot about it. I had to work last week, so I forgot that came out. Yeah. Okay. Because when we work, we forget things exist. Now, yep, actually, <laughs> um, that's fine. Did you find yourself confused as a result? A little bit, yeah. Uh, I didn't know who most of these supporting characters were. And I'll tell you one thing that was a little weird. With Saturnine, uh bears such a strong resemblance to Emma Frost. Including yeah, it was Emma Frost the whole time. Yeah, I can see that. And they like carry they carry themselves in the same way too. They probably but, should have put her in something other than white. Like that would have yeah. been a good move. And uh, and the and like the fur on her around her neck. But yeah. I, I wasn't confused enough not to follow what was happening. This is comics, like you can pick up the beats, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just comics. Um, yeah. I mean, I really, really enjoyed this issue, mm-hmm. even though it was very much a setup i think every single issue that the quiet council has been in has been standout yes Mm -hmm. Yes. that's a good point yeah it's funny you say this is a setup when it was like 60 pages yeah 60 page setup and you don't see that in comics very often it's crazy yeah it's like a three issue setup for what is going to be a fucking 22 issue story so it's actually like 24 issues I feel like this this should have been something that like X Men Twelve had done right where they made it longer form they sort of broke out stuff and explained things a little bit and given it more beats because um, it does. You mean you mean this is what twelve X Men Twelve should have done? Yeah, yeah. I don't know because I feel like you need twelve. No, no, no. I'm saying like the 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 longer form the. Oh, okay. So that should yeah. that could have been like eighty pages and it could have been all of this. Something you <laughs> yeah, know, like, like yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I, I think I prefer that they broke them up in this way. Um, I agree. This this was a little meatier, but I first so first of all, I don't think I think you needed Pepe Larraz for this. Yeah. Um I think if you had had this book, it would be very different. And I love you style and I think he's perfect for what X-Men twelve was, but I don't know if he would have been as effective for what this needed to be. Plus, he's um, gone now, so uh, he is. He is gone. Yes, um, <laughs> he's on to better, uh, better place. He's not dead. Just want to make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's just let's get into the meat. I mean, this is this is like I said, mostly set up. We do get to see the the sword bearers. I guess if you, I guess that's who they are. I don't know. I don't know. They never they never named. There's um, definitely a sword there. Yeah. And they are unleashing their campaign against um, the, uh, the, uh, the the lore against the lore yes. in other world. These are these. So these people are Apocalypse's children. Right. So they're the yeah. four horsemen, right? Uh, well, there's more of them. I think my impression was that like uh, a lot of the, like all of them were his children or whatever. So, so go, go ahead, John. Uh, so the four that we see, like in the early pages, those are his kids. Like those actual four, kids. Yeah, those yeah. are his actual children. Right. Um, all these other goons, I'm assuming they're just warriors, you know, like 
goons. They're not, you know, yeah, they're not fodder. Going. Yeah, exactly. Hired goons. Yeah, that was, there, that was the that was the impression that I got as well. Um, you covered it. Yeah. Um, and and there are a lot of flashbacks and things that don't really seem to have a ton of relevance. Like we, earlier on, we do get this flashback uh, from some forgotten place and forgotten time, forsaken time rather, where we see an early summoner uh, summoning. I don't even know what that is. Looks like a demon. Um, we learned uh, a lot about summoning from X Men. They brought up what that entails several times. So, is that this the part where they're pulling the goo out of the out of the portal? Yeah, yeah, it, it's yeah. Like the big tentacle. It, it looked thing. like the uh, if you guys remember in Seeds of Destruction, the first Hellboy book that we read in uh, the book club, that uh, creature that Rasputin was summoning, the uh, kind of blue oh, yeah, yeah. looking thing. Yeah. Mm. So we, we do get some of the tarot stuff. And I want to ask you guys, because this is not stuff that's really played a lot into uh, the X-Men books, but there's more of this in Excalibur. Uh, and that's because Teeny Howard in real life is way into all that. Right. So that's been injected into these stories. Obviously, in House and Powers, there was tarot stuff as well, if you mm -hmm. guys recall. Yeah. yeah. Um, what did you guys make of these? And do you have any guesses as to what they mean? I like them I, as a device for sure. Yeah. Um, and I thought the the pages of her doing the reading and then getting the full card was really cool. Um, obviously, you know, I'm sure we'll talk more about the art, but it, 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 they're really, really uh, captivating pages. I think. Um, in terms of like theories, I I think I don't know like. I, th I think it's it's it became clear what they meant as the issue went on. The thing that I'm most interested about is the the Eight of Cups, which yeah. is the one that has Storm. But then you also have the Ten of Swords, and it looks like she's in the Ten of Swords group as well. That's not Storm. That's, That's yeah. Genesis. Right. In the back row? No, no, no. No, 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 no on the Eight of Cups. Oh! That's Apocalypse's okay. yep. uh, wife. Nope. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> um... I have to imagine over the course of these 22 issues that these five tarot cards will kind of play into fruition of the narrative of the story. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't know what the narrative is going to be yet. Um, the eight of cups one is really interesting because uh, it's the sad card uh, and it's like something missing in your life. You have to assume that's, that is apocalypse missing Genesis. Cause when he's talking to the quiet council, he expresses his forlorn for like this lost era of his his life when he had all these children and a wife like his like I guess his first family or whatever. So I I didn't think that the cards necessarily represented anything that's to come outside mm. of this issue because a lot of the beats sort of happened. The only one that I did think uh, sort of foreshadowed anything was the Ten of Swords one. Um, well, I think the first three happened in this issue, and then. The well, eight the of eight, cups and the, the ten of swords are coming. Well, I think the eight of cups happened last issue. It's it's just like somebody's heart has been left empty. That's apocalypse because mm. it's on the side of Genesis and she died, and then she has been wanting for something more. Will she turn away? Will she be turned away? And that's the this warrior that defeated um I forgot her name that defeated Genesis. So I, I thought it, I mean, yeah, I thought it was covered in, in that one. Was Annihilation not a man? It was a. It was another woman, I believe. Oh, okay. 
Interesting. Well, 10, so I read an interview with Teeny, and she broke down some of what um, not these cards mean, but the cards in general, tarot cards. And 10 in tarot is the end. That's like the end. Tarot cards, when you pull them out, it's basically a narrative. It's a story. It's, an, it's, a narr- it's a narrative. And 10 in those means the end. So this is absolutely the future. The end of all swords. So, Sean, what, what's your theory? What, what have you broken from this? Are you, are you into tarot cards, like, in real life at all? Are any of you? Um, no. I just no. think they're cool as shit. I've had, like, my tarot cards read by people because I, you know, when I was growing up, I had a lot of friends who were goths. So that kind of goes <laughs> hand in hand. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't do that. I was going to go to hell. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's fine. Um, yeah, so, like, I, I, I'm casually familiar with them, but I wouldn't say that I'm like an enthusiast of them by any stretch. I had mine read. It was weirdly accurate, oh. but I also know that, you know, a lot of that stuff is, you know, broad and you, you read yourself into sure. it. Sure. Um, as far as what I read from these, I think um, what Pete said in a lot of ways is true in that these are, some of these are transparent, like judgment obviously refers to, what the cost what is the cost of what the x-men have done um by essentially becoming immortal Mm. um four of wands is obviously a reference to the children of apocalypse um the hanged man uh i think this is a reference to the fact that the x-men have done something that is unnatural um and that there must be some type of sacrifice for that some type of loss that they have to endure as a result um and then the eight the eight i think marco broke it down and the 10 i'm not really sure i feel like that everybody gets cool swords yeah i mean i think that might just be the in the upcoming conflict right that like is is being teased and set up here at the end of the issue with like saturnalia or saturnalia is that her name saturn nine i think saturn nine um yeah, where like that's very much like kind of what I feel like she's setting up here is that like oh this is what's gonna happen and there's bring your best warriors and I'll have mine and I think hers are gonna be the X Men right essentially yeah she does she does that's kind of how this whole thing uh, ends right yeah um that's the impression I'm getting anyway so go ahead sorry I was just saying in ten in the in the ten of swords uh, card can you guys make out anybody from the the silhouettes i see storm and magneto but i don't know the the center one and the two ones on like the outside i don't know if anyone could tell from the from the shadows i'm definitely with you on it being storm in the back row with the white hair um magneto's like the the one on the second from the right yeah okay yeah yeah for sure that's his helmet (sighs) might that Uh, be psylocke maybe with her two swords i'm that could be Psylocke. That's a good guess. I'm th- I, this center one. I was wondering Thanks. if maybe that's Captain Britain. Oh, no, he's dead. oh. Is he? maybe he comes back or something. Yeah, he is dead. Oh, yeah. Um, or no, he's not. He's not dead. I'm bugging. He's not dead. Uh, he was under mind control from uh, this lady. Think he was dead. That's a good trick. <laughs> See, maybe it's him. It, to me, it looks like Phantom X, but I'm sure that's wrong. Oh, um, no. See, the thing that makes me think it's not Phantom the... X is the short coat. Yeah, mm. he would have the trench coat. Yeah, but it does look true. like he has um, like a pouchy belt. True. Oh, yeah. so it's a 90s character. 
or Phantom X. <laughs> it's Rob Liefeld. It's, it's uh, actually oh, Rob Liefeld. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> They're ringing him back. We broke it. So moving forward, this issue in terms of what's happening now picks up right after X-Men 12 right. in the yeah. sense that um, we know that Eunice and Banshee and Summer Their asses kicked, like I said. Yes, they absolutely got destroyed. Um, Apology accepted. What you mean? I don't know that you actually said that. I think you just said uh, Banshee's name sure like ten times, and we all just felt like you were having a stroke. Yeah, yeah. You were saying what you were saying was it made no sense. It came from a place of concern, Kale. I figured it out. It's X Men. Nate Gray's back. He's the one that's been missing in all this. Boom. Isn't he Cable? No, that's Nate Summers. No. <laughs> oh. Uh, no. X Men is Cable. Whatever. <laughs> I thought Cable was an X Man. Cable's like trunks. There's like nine versions of them, essentially. So uh, the big turn is when we learn that. Uh, well, I guess we shouldn't jump ahead. We do want to talk about the Quiet Council sequence. I, I mentioned that as being, yeah. sta- you know, standout of the book. I really, really love this scene. Uh, these characters feel so important and powerful when they sit together this way, and. I really loved Krakoa itself having. Yeah, yeah, that was interesting. I yeah, like him actually speaking. I them, I guess, um, speaking up in the council for the first time and just being like, "Hey, we're tight. Love you guys. I'm the like I'm the land, and I'm making this call. <laughs> so like, deal with it. And the fact that like they're all just like, all right, all right, all right that's it. It's crazy." I, it was interesting for me because uh, uh, Professor X, you know, he's always like very in charge. He's always like sh- like knows exactly what he's trying to get. And then the way he like appeased the island wasn't really like, really interesting. He he was very um um uh, what's the word like 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 he's like showing deference to it, you know, of like it, he's giving it a level of like leadership respect. I feel yes, like that yeah. is uncharacteristic for this for this. Uh oh, Boston internet froze on him. Oh, I know you guys not hear me? No, no you're back. Go. go ahead. What'd you say? Oh, did you guys? Nope. Hey, you froze. Awesome. <laughs> Great, good stuff. Oh, all right. We got you back, Marco. Tell us what you said. No, that's it. I did. No, we you missed don't it. Know what you you froze. Said, we didn't hear it. <laughs> no, I didn't say. It. I just agreed with you, Pete. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, great. Thank great. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um. Yeah. So. What I'm what I'm interested in is I kind of wonder if Doug is saying exactly what Krakoa said. Dude, I was gonna I was just about to bring that up of like not that I actually think he's doing that, but it's so insane how much power he has in this situation that like literally if 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 he thought that that was the right thing to do, he could just straight up lie. Well, a couple things. Uh, obviously, in language, things get lost in translation. But what is apparent to me is that. Krakoa is understanding what the council says. I would have to feel that if, if, if Doug was mistranslating him, he would object to that because he That's knows true. what he's saying. But there's so I don't I don't say he's mistranslating him so much as there's this scene where he says, "All right, damn, you don't have to be that way about it." Mm-hmm. Krakoa acknowledges and accepts the gift of the external gate. So what is it that he was saying? That caused Doug to have that reaction. Yeah, he didn't. Krakoa said, Krakoa said, you tell that blue butt plug, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you call Mystique? 
I I wonder what if if anything at all like Warlock has to do with some of the translation. Mm. Like, is he influencing anything in that? I heard that too. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Like, I I I I'm wondering if the the point that Sean just ma- made was that like Krakoa was expressing its displeasure in a way that was like angry, and he kind right. of like cleaned it up. Like, this is yeah. the message, you know, yeah. not like, fuck you guys. Like, you know what I mean? Because if, if you look at the panel where um, they, they are debating whether or not the gate should stay open and Krakoa is like overdug, Krakoa looks super powerful yeah. and strong. And Magneto's even looking up in awe. And Professor X is, you know, we can't see his face, but he's kind of like looking up. And Doug looks kind of surprised as well, I feel. I love the way that Doug, he's like, okay, nice speech, but here's what Krakoa says. Fuck you. We're not, like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And so what this scene is really showing us is that Apocalypse and Krakoa's motivations are the same. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they have to do this because even if the mutants don't want this smoke, Krakoa and Apocalypse, or Krakoa does. And if they don't do it. We have no clue how Krakoa reacts to that. Yeah. But yeah. since X-Men 1, we have seen that Krakoa wants the reuniting of itself with Oracle. Right. So, it's, um, it's interesting, too, because I think um, we've been talking a lot during this age of the X-Men of, like, what is Apocalypse's endgame here? And, like, does he have ulterior motives? Blah, 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 blah. He clearly had ulterior motives. I just don't think that they're bad. Um he might be going about them in a way that's not chill, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like, I fair play, like, I get why Magneto's pissed, but at the end of the day, like, what he's doing is to save lives, and even if it is selfishly that he wants to, like, save his wife and children, I wouldn't call that evil, right? Like, that's that's a super understandable motivation. Um, so it's kind of cool to see, like, Apocalypse doing Apocalypse shit, but to an end that still feels like it's adding more dynamism to his character than I feel like we're used to. Yeah. You know? Like, seeing him sad and, like, apologize to his children and all that stuff, it's like, that's not No, it's cool, Pete. You, you agree with the megalomaniac who's like, it's not a sin when it's righteous work being done. No, again, I didn't As say he's I agree with him. I said that he's a compelling Archangel. character. I'm not Marco. I'm not talking about acceptable I... loss thresholds here. Now let's hear from Marco. The ends always justify the means, guys. And Go ahead. I was just gonna say th- th- this is something that I had I had mentioned in um, we reviewed X Men Twelve. But like, if if it is for to Pete's point, like the righteous, uh, the righteous need to bring back and unify Krakoa and bring back people from the the lost mutants. Then is that not righteous and is that not correct? Uh, that's it. Ap- Apocalypse has already killed several of the other externals to make this gate, but the externals are not good people. Selene is one of them. Selene is, is, is trash. Um, and other than that, he did put Rogue in a coma, but it needed That's to be done. Tuesday. <laughs> it needed to be done to get to this, to this place. And so it's hard to argue against what he's choosing to do, especially in a place where none of their lives are actually at risk. His machinations, to this point at least, 
haven't and could not have resulted in an actual loss of real life because they can always come back. back. He yeah. himself allowed himself to die. And he's back, and it's fine. Right, and like, and I think the fact that people are putting that on him is kind of stupid. Like, I get it because like immortality hasn't been a thing for mutants for a long time, so it would make sense that they would like still have some kind of weight about the idea of like spending people's lives or whatever. But because like Angel has a conversation with him where he's like, "You don't have any problem doing that if you're not the one to pay the price. Like, you don't see anything wrong with that." And it's like, ultimately, like I don't know that I do either. Like, he didn't he didn't force those people through the the portal right he asked them and they went and yeah they died or they got hurt but guess what they can be revived easily and like what's the loss there like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day he's he i think he is trying to serve a greater good which is bringing back the lost generation of mutants and what's the whole point of krakoa right it's all mutants it's reviving all of the mutants from all of the generations yes and and giving them a shot you know and that's (laughs) what he's 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 you know i Again, he's doing it his own way. He's going rogue and like he's doing things that I get why it would piss off his cohorts and the people that are supposed to be able to trust him. But like all he's doing is in service of the vision of Krakoa and the vision of of their society. So like I I don't yeah, I I can't really fault him yet. And it's interesting because like I'm kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop and have been. And it doesn't feel like it's going to. Like, I feel like he's nah. still acting in a way that is, like, increasingly, I don't want to say human, right? Because that is weighted in the context of humans versus mutants, but increasingly humanized, right? Where it's like he's acting in ways that are motivated by emotion. Um, and that's super interesting. Wouldn't the other shoe have dropped in this issue? You would think, like, right? Yeah. Is, wait, no. Isn't that the other shoe? What oh. happens in this issue? I know, well, I know they, we're not there yet, but it's it's fine. Yeah, we're, we'll jump in because that's that's the critical thing. Apocalypse is betrayed. Right? Yeah, uh, they they do. He does go through the external gate, and they do arrive in other world. He does meet his children, and in this moment, he's overwhelmed with emotion because he's this is what he has wanted. Right. But as it turns out, neither they nor Summoner are allies of his, and in fact, they want him dead. We. I, I don't know, if know why. Oh, I I saw it coming with Summoner. I definitely yeah. thought Summoner was you know we we all clocked that. I think Summoner was clearly sinister in some way. Um, no, Summoner, Summoner, Sinister is a whole different guy. <laughs> all right, I like that. Uh, in terms of why, Sean, I think it's just resentment, right? I think it's that like he sealed their fate. Whether it was the right or wrong thing to do is immaterial to them because they've suffered for thousands yeah. of years right like in in hell basically is what they say and in in x-men 12 they call him like the deserter or whatever like right. he yeah he straight their view of him is he straight up left yeah he abandoned right. them and he, he and you know I, again i think to to marco's point i think it was uh in his mind for a greater good but it came at great personal sacrifice and he as much as he has you know suffered emotionally for it it was his wife and children that suffered for it in a material way, right? My father, right. why have you forsaken me? Yeah, and and I think that's very much the tenor of it, you know. And um, what I like about that is I think it it continues to open up possible or opportunities for us to get a different characterization of Apocalypse because yeah. when you think about what he's been doing in the post post Krakoa era, right, like. This has been his goal in the shadows is to to get his children back, to get his wife back, to save 
his people that he had to sacrifice in some way and, and to like make amends for that. Mm-hmm. And you see here that's not going to happen. He's so like saying- maybe maybe they'll save some of those mutants, but like his wife and children are lost to him. They resent him. They hate him. He he has paid that price and it's done. And it's going to be interesting to see like the fallout from that of does that does that make him closer to the people of Krakoa? Does he look at them as his family now as the future of mutants? Like, you know what I mean? Like I I think it could really continue the development of this softer side of him of this like apocalypse that like he can put down the sword and obviously he's picking it back up right now for this event but you know the the warrior who doesn't have to fight anymore and like what does that mean for him and it's that's been so fun to watch yeah i completely agree and if you think about like forget the fact that the house and power stuff only just happened and that the the, all these ideas are brand new if you if you forget that Apocalypse probably has always wanted to do this, but he couldn't do it by himself. Yeah. And I think that's that's critical in examining his character. And I love the fact that they're really mining deeply with who he is and what his motivations are now that mutants are wholly united. Well, yeah, like, I shouldn't say wholly because there's this whole other island of mutants who clearly don't uh, – they're not down with the cause. So the Delora, are they mutants as well, or are they like people of the other world? Like, how does that work? Because if they're at war with other mutants, how does one then the next question would be like, how does one quell that to unify? I got the perception that it was the people of Araco who are mutants, and they're all yes. dead. Yeah, and the other the other world people that we saw are the people of other world, and they're being yeah. killed by yeah Apocalypse's children's army. Yes. And that's okay. some Captain Britain Excalibur shape. Yeah. Okay. yeah. The Captain Britons are supposed to be there. Are supposed to protect Otherworld, Otherworld from things, from the Delore Citadel, from things like this. Got right? it. But because okay. they're all gone. They that's why there's the whole council of Captain Britain, is they all are there to defend the gates to their own the universe they come okay. from. Okay. Okay. Got it. And if you, this is a quick plug, our X-Force book club, Rick Remender's X-Force that was a part of what he was dealing with mm-hmm. was was all of that um, other world goodness and then obviously that cropped back up in Excalibur yeah with big 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 time in a massive way all that stuff. yeah this made me want to read Excalibur yeah this. I want to go back and read the like six issues or whatever I haven't read now because I'm yeah. like mm, I there's stuff here that yeah. I definitely want to get filled in it's the second most important book that they're doing right now um I do want to push forward something I didn't care for. Uh, so Summoner meets with um, – I'm blanking on his name. Shoot. Oh, uh, the guy Rock he played the guy? game with? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll look it Rock up. It's in, guy. it's in the beginning of yeah, the issue. Rock Slide. Got it. Uh, so Summoner meets up with Rock Slide. He cuts him in half. And they played this game. I feel like all of that in retrospect was a waste of time. Why did you do that if that wasn't going to be – revealing of anything what was the value in the game that they played it was literally just this one panel and it's like i i wonder though if the implication there won't be deeper because he's a field and not like a person it will you know like i feel like this will have greater weight because of that um like like i i feel like you know, the way the emphasis is on not just the, his rock body, 
being cut in half. The person but inside. The person, the person in the field inside. I wonder if the implication is that that can't come back. That's a really interesting point because in that conversation, mm. uh, Summoner made a point to say that oh, like inside, you're not a person. It's like an, it's your energy life force is actually you. I wonder I if recall, maybe yeah. now that the shell is broken. The interior of Rock Rock Slide could come out and be like an energy being or something. No, no, like no, no, no. Oh no, I, that's no, not what you're thinking. What I'm, what I'm, that, that's what I'm saying, spot, not not this. Oh my god, what I'm saying here, based on this art, Summoner cuts through the field as well. Yes. So okay. Rock Slide oh, is you're dead. saying that that to mean as showing us how that's powerful Summoner is. I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So oh, he's dead, fuck. dead, and, dead. And the game, the game was about exposing the weakness. Of the person you're playing against, so yeah. he learned Rockslide's real weakness by playing that game, and that allowed him to kill him here. That's a great point. Uh, you think Rockslide's actually dead now? Maybe kill? I, I maybe. Yeah, because if yeah. he's not, if he's not a person, you know, obviously I'm making this up, but like if he's not like a, a tangible person, then there's a possibility that that field can't be backed up because he could be made of something else. Right, right. The other thing, I, now that you're saying this, I'm wondering if that's supposed to be significant to tell us about the sword that Summoner is wielding, and is maybe that the sword yeah, that sure. severed Krakoa and Arako? Oh, interesting. Twilight that was sword, what that was, right? The that Twilight was, Sword was massive. Okay, all right. I was going to say, yeah. or may, maybe maybe it's, maybe it's they found a way to take the power of the Twilight Sword and put it in smaller weapons or something? I don't know. S Summoner also brought this out of his own body. Hmm. So that I'm could add sure. to that in some way of like that it's summoning some kind of like force through a sword or something, you know, or whatever. So uh, hmm. there's a lot of action stuff that definitely looks really cool. Pepe Larraz is just is just tremendous. Yeah, running in full effect on this one. Yeah, it's great. Um, but then we get um, Kid Cable going and, and meeting up with Cyclops and Gene, who. Hmm. I mean, this is so such a funny panel. Like, I don't know if it's supposed to be, but well, he's yeah, just like yeah. really. He's like, a bitch! He came back from the other world. And he's hurt. I got a thing, and yeah, it's like you it gotta, like they, when it gets excited. <laughs> you gotta imagine they're just waiting around for Logan, right? Oh, why is that? Why, you know, why is just that? hanging out in the kitchen? Yeah, well, to to bone. Uh, Cyclops is just drinking coffee casually. Shows Gene like oh, they're yeah. like Cyclops is posed in such a way. I love that he's, he's like leading up the call. He's like, "What's yeah. up, son?" Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no, we we had something else going on, but yeah, I guess we could do your thing. Sure, we could take you to the park. I guess we were gonna go to Salem and buy some goth clothes or whatever, but. <laughs> <laughs> um and and then they 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 jump into the mix and they go to a place. And they find the thing. Right. Do you know what that is? Do we know what that is? Is that? I, I don't. It's definitely okay. a thing. Well, I, I wasn't sure if it was like. Well, they definitely went to a place. Another manifestation of like the world or something from Excalibur or, you know. He, he says, if I'm remembering correctly, this is the igniter that reopens that bridge, enabling everything to power back up. I have no idea what that means. That thing okay. is. Guess we'll find out more. Yeah, I'll I'll try to see see what I can see. Maybe there's an actual answer. The thing I thought was interesting was um, when they teleport. Right, they they come to this like large building with this like yellow light 
on it and everything. And it says it's Earth. And Cable says, so where is this located? And Scott goes, in a place we can't get to, through a gateway. We haven't planted one there yet. So I thought that was interesting because then they go to the the translocators and like that's how they actually get there. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what, like what exactly does that mean? Well, I actually think that whatever, wherever they are, whatever it is, the most important thing about it is that it reactivated sword. Yeah, sure. And that is nice, but I don't know how that is going to help them here. The in that same panel that Pete was calling out, are those scientists-looking things not the ones that we also saw in the world? Like the yellow suit and then like the the cylindrical head and the stuff. What? I'm sorry. In in the the panel that that Pete was calling out, where the where they go it to the that place where they come back and says Earth, and then they're gonna go in the translocators. You see like a bunch of dead bodies around there. Oh yeah, those are aim scientists. It looks like right. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Interesting. Yeah, maybe that know. is like tying it to the world then. Some, some, in some way. Yeah, I mean that would make sense, right? That was also a thing we just saw, I read about, um, in the in giant size. But not, not just anyone can go into the world. Maybe that's not. what the translocator is, though. Like, and that because they can't plant something inside. Maybe that translocator allows it. Oh yeah, like when he's saying the place we can't get to through a gateway we haven't planted yet. Like maybe that's talking about the world. Maybe. I don't know. That's interesting. It could be. So ultimately, guys, what do you think about the way that we're getting to the conflict here? The conflict, of course, being between the sword bearers of Araco and the X-Men and Saturnine kind of starting this, you know, whatever tournament or whatever you want to call it. Like, how do you guys feel about that premise? I'm into it. Yeah. It's it's enough to get me to the next issue and yeah, I'm into it. The big yeah, crystal like, above her head makes her look like a Sims character. <laughs> That's yeah, love that. Uh, I, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm with you there, Kale. Where I feel like for this being like a setup issue, it felt like it had meat on the bone, and it felt mm-hmm. like it was, you know, touching on things that we have already like had established for us. So that I think is good. It's like built on foundation, but it also introduced mm-hmm. a lot of new wrinkles that are interesting. And it reminds me a lot of, honestly, how I felt about Hawksbox when we were reading it, where it was like, mm. oh, I don't know what's going on, but I know that I will. Right. And, and it, it leads to interesting discussions like this, where we can sit and be like, what did you get out of this? Like, what do you think this means? Where could this be going? And that's just mm-hmm. good. That's just good storytelling, right? Like, it, it sets up a lot of mysteries that are worth chasing. And I'm, I'm confident that the answers to them will be satisfying because it's Hickman. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I think that's uh, the way I sort of feel about it. I think everything here lays down a thread that I'm very interested in. I don't know necessarily that the like competition is like what I was looking for, but I think uh, Hickman, I-, I trust Hickman enough to make it engaging that and something that I'll enjoy. You watching all that Dragon Ball? You don't want to watch a tournament arc? Not anymore, man. I'm done with that. <laughs> Yo, 2013 Kaichi tournament. I'm good. What? Hmm. Ugh. Anyway, yeah, hmm. tournament sounds cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I'm not I'm not fond. Like if it is if it is a traditional like what you what you think of as a tournament, which I really hope that's not the case. Um I, I just I don't know. That feels like it doesn't really allow the action to organically progress. And obviously there's are creators who have been killing it. So I'm not saying like, oh, I'm just not gonna enjoy this now. I'm saying that if we're if the question that I asked is, you know, how do we feel about the premise itself, that I'm not into. Yeah. Does that mean it can't develop into something that I like? Absolutely not. It does not mean that. Um Let's talk a little bit about the art, though, before we close out. I really feel like Pepe Larraz, uh was born to do this, for lack of a better way to put it. I think that his talents lend themselves so well to the X-Men because yeah. the X-Men are so colorful and vibrant and they have different looks and feels. They're not consistent. You know, it's not like um, it's not like, you know, they're not like all uniform it's not like the movies right where they all just wear the same outfit and he really brings that to life in a way that none of the other ex-artists have really done other than russell dodderman who hasn't had a chance to draw this many characters can give him he had an alternate cover for this and i'm just like can we give him a book <laughs> <laughs> i mean he's tasked with drawing so many different there's there's upwards of 30 characters, right? Like th there's so many people on in this fucking pages, no less. Right. And they look so great. He never skimps. Um, obviously these pages are packed with panels. There, there aren't a lot of pages that don't have less than four to five panels, mm -hmm. but even the pages where they're thicker with panels are, they're very good. I love his use of the nine panel grid for some of the council sequence. I think that was very effective. There was a lot of information to convey, and you needed a, a, a regimented way to get that across everybody's perspectives. That's another thing that the nine-panel grid is great for doing. It's harder to convey. Think about if you go to the page of the Quiet Council where he does the grid. Think about if he had to convey this with any other format. It, yeah. it would be too much. It doesn't work. And and I think particularly when you have like so many characters in a room together and they need to have a conversation, like the nine-panel grid is like the fucking way to go. Mm -hmm. Well, um, and yeah. even just by like art budgets, page wise, yeah, like those were probably the easiest pages for him to draw, right? Sure. And that would have like, been that would have been three pages, two two to three pages, if he had to do it another way, like yep. more pages. And yep. and I think it works particularly well because like it's not it's not the entirety of the Quiet Council scene, right? It's two pages in a row that are the yeah. nine panel grid, and it's because it's like, hey, so all the information's on the table. What do we fucking think here? And it's, yep. all right, let's get through this conversation. You know, it, it flows really well. And it's a good way to give a voice to everyone on the Quiet Council and right. in a way that kind of speaks to every character's kind of role in the council, you know. It feels naturalistic because you know, you're you're coming in and you you can pace it out really well. Like sometimes you'll have conversations where you have one bubble, someone will respond, and then someone else will respond back to that. And that's all in the same moment. But that is, yeah. that's not how like normal conversation sort of happens. It captures right. each individual conversational moment. Also, exactly. I, I do want to use these pages as an opportunity to shout out again Marta Gracia uh, on colors. The backgrounds mm. in this mm. issue are so fucking good. Like the the shot, the first shot of the Quiet Council 
uh, with Krakoa in the background, and there's like these like soft greens, and then like you get to the page with Apocalypse, and there's like again, you know, Marta Gracia loves those fucking hot, hot vaporwave pinks, and you know that your boy Pete loves those. <laughs> like the the mix between the vibrant bright colors and then the muted grays and greens and it it just like it gives so much personality to like here's Krakoa it's this place that's thriving with life and it's it's beautiful and then they here's Otherworld and it's dying and yeah. it is torn by war you know and ah man like the two of them together like they're both exceptional and we've seen them work with other people and look great but together like they are like I, I, I honestly think the two of them and Hickman, like, that's the band, you know? It's like, they just got it. Like, their their styles flow so well together, and, like, again, each one of them great on their own, but the the combined, the, the co- combination of their power is, like, insane, you know? Like, I think it really is just, like, the fact that we've gotten so many books in this era from these three creators together is, like, it's truly, like, uh, we're lucky to have gotten it and to still be getting it. Can I just point out how awesome it is that Saturnine is tall as shit? Uh, what is that? I don't know. This woman is just massive and it's awesome. Like she towers over Monet and uh, Polaris and it's just like, yeah, I'm here. I just dig like how how much like um, how much gravity she has. She seems yep. so powerful but she doesn't look like this physical being that reminds me of what I really like about the uh, characterization of Yoda in, in empire where it's like, Oh, like this guy is really powerful, but it's not about like that. She could beat you up. Right. It's not it's, a Hulk. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's a, it's a, it's more cosmic than that. It's, it's, it's bigger than that. It's grander than that. She, yeah. she also brings uh, the Nubis looking member of apocalypse's family really down to size. Yeah. Yeah. Like, actually, by turning him into a child. Yeah. <laughs> Which is amazing. She brings him down to size. It's funny, Sean, you mentioned that. I didn't think I realized how tall she was, but I'm looking at the shot of her meditating now, and I'm like, fuck, she looks giant. She looks like a That's WNBA a player. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yup. Uh, dig it. So, yeah, all in all, I think this issue was very, very good. Good kick uh, Hickman and Timmy Howard did a very good job scripting this deal. Um, I think that the uh, infographic pages were super effective. This is back to the way they need to be, yep. where you know we got the hmm. uh, the map, which was so needed, and we talked about how X Men number twelve did not have that, and how useful it would have been, and now we have it. Yeah, yep. it retroactively uh, makes that issue like work for me a little bit better. Because I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I can understand this concept so much more clearly now. Yeah. As well as the alternate view of the the tarot cards. Yes. Yeah, that absolutely. was really good, too. Um, And I, I think even the pages that were text-heavy, like, it, it felt like needed... um, Not narration, but, like, just exposition. stage. Yeah, exposition. And it's, like, stuff that I think if they had done it in the traditional comic book way of giving us exposition it would have felt like ham-fisted 12 yeah right it would have felt like 12 or even like x-men one or two i don't remember which one it was but one of the early issues of x-men i remember they were like walking around the island and it was like just showing the mutants like talking and the way that they were like explaining 
their society felt like nobody talks like this. You know, like this is not just give me a page that gives me all the the data that I need or the background yeah. information so that I don't have to have somebody go on a soliloquy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So all in all, very, very strong issue. The reason I did not pull uh, X Factor, the reason why I didn't shout it out is because the only thing that I am not about with this series, regardless of the quality, is the fact that it will be taking place across so many different titles. Um, it's my only gripe. I really don't love it when the when the X books do that. That's the only way they ever cross over. And, and since I started reading comics, they only ever do it this way. And you know, you may not like every X book, and so, but you're gonna read them, and you're gonna have to sit through whichever creator's work you're not fond of, and deal with their way of telling this story. Yeah. So that I'm not as much into, not because I like it's not because I don't want to read X Factor. It's just that I'm not pulling X Factor right now, and now I have to. Yeah. So let, you know, I wish it was in X of Swords, and then the other books would have their tie-ins. But this is the way they're choosing to do the event. I'm on board. I'm all in. I'm sure this is going to be great, and I'm very excited for the ride. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed our review of X uh, of Swords creation number one. Let us know your thoughts on this doozy of a book. And what you think is coming for the X-Men. Um, who do you think is going to betray the X-Men? Are there going to be any characters that get brought back? Will we see Moira McTaggart, who is still mm. absent? Still off the board somehow. So many questions. Write in your questions to us at gmail.com. Alternatively, or alongside, you can join our Discord server and hit us up over there as well. Look out for our Battle Chasers book club, which is dropping tomorrow. If you were listening to this on the day of release, which of course is every single Monday. And thank you for listening. Let's jump into the plugs. Pete. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Comics Pals. Uh, one last thing on this issue. Shout out to Tom Muller on this design. I really like the blues in the logo. It's fresh. Fresh redesign there. If you want to connect with me, oh, I'm at great. Yeah, looks good. At loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. Come chat with me about uh, what you're reading, what you're watching, what you're playing. It is an exciting time for media and a really unexciting time for everything else. So uh, come talk to me about what art you're enjoying because, man, I'm I'm surviving on it these days. Uh, If you want to get some more content from me, head over to LewPots.com. Check out the podcast, Nintendo podcast I host. Uh, Yeah, that's it. Thanks. Stay safe, stay sane, take care of each other. All right, Kale. You can find my work at kaleward.com. That's C-A-L-E-W-A-R-D.com. You can find pictures of my dog uh, on Instagram at Toto That's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W. Don't you dare come talk to me on Twitter. I don't need it. Uh, But do come to the Discord and have a chat. I'm having a lot of fun uh, focusing a little bit of energy there when the time comes. Um, So... Please come join. Um, don't forget to go to Kickstarter and back Letty Wilson's project, Devilry. Um, completely funded. It's a project that she did um, completely in, I think I think it's called Woodblock. Really? Yeah. 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 And Letty huh. is incredible. So uh, please go check that out. She's uh, at Toadlet on Twitter. T-O-A-D-L-E-T-T. She did our heads, if you like our logo and the stuff. The creator of the logo. Exactly. Marco, 
you can find me at Mr. Marco Nomoto on Instagram and Twitter. Come talk to me about um, the Tenkaichi tournament. Yeah, it's, it's I'm here good, for Marco watching Dragon Ball. Good stuff, dude. I'm I'm right at the tail end, about to hit Z. Um, I'm waiting for that fight between uh, Piccolo and uh, and Son. So we'll mm. we'll see what happens. Oh, and you then Goku Son. It's his name. I know, but name. no one calls him Son. <laughs> what are you talking about? Everybody in the show calls him Son uh sorry that you're anglicizing it Ugh. uh so um also come talk to me about why onslaught is good why you've had a positive experience with onslaught and why the pals just won't let go of the fact that they're producing some sort of fake news like it's a deep fake bro like i don't know what you're saying you did admit to lying <laughs> phil um in 2020 that does not matter <laughs> Follow my man Sean on TikTok as he unveils the truth about how Marco's been lying about Onslaught for months now. He will uh, The truth will be revealed. Uh, as for me, you can follow me at uh, Twitter and Instagram at CyborgBebop. I just painted a picture of my cat. You can see that on Instagram now. It's on a pumpkin. Me too. I did that too. It was good. Yeah, Pete did that too. Uh, and uh, that's it, really. Sean? One place that you will never find me is TikTok. I'd That's get on I mean. TikTok if you had a TikTok. <laughs> well, guess you'll never be on TikTok either. Uh, where you can find me is Twitter and Instagram only at Sean Soapbox. And you have to talk about the X-Men, where they're at right now, how exciting it is, or the continued woes of those of us who have not yet been able to get a PS5. With that, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. Woe is Sean.